I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And this is episode 308 of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast about video games. It's a... It's a Zachless cast. It's currently Zachless, but for all we know, maybe he's actually here in the editing process. Oh, that's uh, true. I think it's like a ghost. If he says like touching a, all our I'm butts. Zach, then that can be that can be pasted in. It, well, exactly. And we could just reconstruct his presence here from all previous episodes. I think I think you could <laughs> I'm not going to do this, but I think you could very, very easily make a convincing episode oh yeah riff you've been doing the uh the neural network stuff (laughs) what happens if you take that fallout 3 mod that puts zach as a like an npc in the game and just run that through the neural network wasn't it was that a skyrim thing or was that a skyrim i just assume it's fallout 3 because he loves fallout 3 like sure i think i think he was just i think he was just a a quest giver in skyrim (laughs) okay all right um uh, he, was cl- a, he was a he was a companion actually. You oh, could was a companion. Add, you wow. Could, you could ask him for a random drink recipe if I remember correctly. Ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> it was pretty good. You uh, you could like getting clean audio of one person talking uh in podcasts is pretty tough actually because we we all like comment on each other's sounds and there's there's like a yeah it would you. It would be a, pro- a a process to go through all the episodes and clip out like here are some highlights, right? But then we would have this awesome Zach soundboard. That's right. Well, somebody already did this. Did they for Skyrim? Oh well, they just sure. But but like that, I guess I would need to go in and actually rip out those sound files. Yeah, yeah. Do you do, have you guys <laughs> looked at like the the Idle Thumbs like? game topic database that someone cooked up no i don't know if they're maintaining it but like at one point you could um there was just data someone had collected had gathered on uh all the games idle thumbs had ever talked about and with um okay time stamps for yeah. every instance of it i think that was so, one like, of their listeners like just uploaded all of the podcasts to youtube with uh indices into the show yeah but then you could do things like sort all the games they've talked about by the length they've talked about them for. Right. And que- like here, queue up every, uh, every segment where they talk about, you know, Far, Far Cry 2. That'd be, that'd this be is, like a full day long yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Yeah. This is like what apparently what happens if you have an order of magnitude more fans than we do. Sure. People, people decide to take on your, your, um, data as a as a side project yeah what yeah what what is the critical mass of size where where people like will really devote themselves to sort of doing all of this like sort of kind of out of control um processing of of information. I, I don't know, but I remember hearing like two years ago that um, their podcast gets about 25,000 downloads an episode, which I think is like 10 times as much as us about. Uh, it's like five times. Five times. Okay. Yeah. But it's still, I mean, it's still an order of magnitude. Yeah. 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 yeah but then we don't know like what kind of overlap that is. Like, hmm. It could be a different 25,000 people every episode. That's 
Because <laughs> that's that's how people listen to podcasts. Right? They just listen to one episode in the middle of like a multi-hundred long arc. Right. And move on. I've often wondered that. Like, there's all these like podcasts where it's like, oh, here's here's the episode that you should listen to first. Yeah. Like, does that imply that people listen to podcasts in just random order or... I mean, a lot. Of, I think a lot of people would start with the most recent one. Like, really? Yeah, a, a podcast. Unless it's something like Adventure Zone, where there's a story. Like, if this there's is like a story to every podcast, <laughs> you can you can like see people grow. But like <clears throat> a, a lot, like this podcast, for example, is mostly just like reacting to current events. Okay. Um, sure. And like, presumably, the most applicable episode would be the one with the most current event like on the other hand okay. like <laughs> the, uh, because we're all living in the now yes okay um on the other hand like for something like watch out for fireballs i think it makes the most sense to like start at the beginning start at no start yeah, at like like your most favorite choose. game yeah cause, oh. so, i mean that that works particularly for that one because they focus on this specific game and it says so in the title of the podcast so yeah. you can you can easily go oh i'm interested in this one i'm not interested in that one do they make an effort in recording that to not have any running gags no i uh, no, i would say no. no i would say they definitely have running gags okay but like that's they're not the the meat of it i still don't know what turtles pillars is <laughs> What is it? Turtle, turtles all the way down. <laughs> I was hoping you would. I was. Act, I thought that was a Dark Souls joke because they. I heard them say that with reference to traps, snakes, and turtles pillars huh. as like a dichotomy. Yeah, I have no and idea. And trap snakes what that means. is a reference to um, uh, Sen's fortress. Right. Why is why, why is, is that turtles a pillars? Yeah, I don't know. I was I was going to ask Gary at some point. Like, what what Dark Souls game do I have to play to get that joke? <laughs> And like it's probably two. Um, huh. I'll, I'll, but yeah, no, I'll there, ask there him are definitely next time like <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are definitely like running gags. Okay. And um, sometimes you're like you're sometimes you're mystified, as I was in that in yeah. in that anecdote. But you wouldn't be if you had started listening from the beginning. Is is kind of the point that I was yeah. making. Yep. But in the case of uh, the Dark Souls podcasts, you're spoiling Dark Souls for yourself unless you play them first, play the game first. Okay, so you've got some homework to do. Yeah. Uh huh. Do you have to play the whole game before you can start listening to the podcast? Or I can didn't. You... I listened to it episode by like chapter by chapter as, as I played it. As you played. Even it. even the ones where like they're like, okay, the game's opening up now, so fair game for spoilers for everything else. I was just Whoa. like. It was like the it's Dark Souls is the way it's structured, like like a half to two thirds of the way through the game, like you you can um it it stops making sense to do things in a certain order and you just can go anywhere. Okay. Um and so like they start at that point they stop like saying, Okay, we're gonna spoil we're not gonna spoil anything after this chapter right. because it doesn't you can't really do that anymore. But I didn't bother. I just listened to the episode as um as I did each chapter, come what may. Did they? Did you change how you played the game based on what they had decided to do? Like once the, the once the world opened up, and they had choices to make. Did you make those same choices? Uh no. Okay. No. Um, but like, <clears throat> listening to the podcast definitely affected the way I played because, like, 
a lot of the time I was just like, I don't want to do this right now. I'm really stressed out. I don't want to play this stressful game, but I really want to listen to that podcast. (laughs) So like, wow. So the podcast enticed you to play the game. Yeah. Uh That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's uh, not how I would normally have thought of the like causation loop there. Usually not, but like, I love podcasts. Okay. Um, and like, Putting a podcast as a reward for for like a, an achievement in a game is actually like it's pretty effective. Yeah, I I kind of had the same experience um, when the the new the new season of Twin Peaks ran with oh, sure. Idle, Idle Thumbs uh, Twin oh, Peaks rewatch. Uh, fuck watching this podcast. TV show, but I'll listen to this. <laughs> well, no, it's like oh, I, <laughs> I I I I ordinarily would have like been okay with like slacking and it's like ah, I'll I'll. I'll wait a few days and get around to watching that episode. But the fact that I can't listen to the episode of the podcast relating to it until I've watched that episode kind of, yeah. kind of forced me along. I wonder if this is a sort of a common trait among humans and can we influence behavior at large by carefully crafting popular podcasts <laughs> <laughs> this is the podcast the, where everyone votes democratic yeah, in an the election brainwash cast <laughs> yeah <clears throat> I, I think you could very easily um make a podcast where all the listeners vote democratic in an election yeah that's, you just that's wouldn't true. be convincing anybody <laughs> i saw uh i saw an article about uh how politics has changed online dating uh, where people didn't used to talk about politics when you'd go on a first date or whatever, but now, Oh, but yeah, now, <laughs> now it's the first question you have to ask. So, you know, you're right. not wasting your time on someone horrible. <laughs> the, there was an anecdote where somebody was like, they, they had gone on a date and they did like had, I think they'd hung out for like an hour or more. And then the, the, the like topic of who, who you voted for the election came up and somebody, the guy had voted for Trump and the woman just got up and was like, sorry, this is not going to work out. And (laughs) that would be my reaction too, but I'd probably have the conversation about it first because I'm just anthropologically curious. I, I kind of feel like I would, I like, I definitely would have done what she did, but I would have taken it a step further and tried to find out. Before Stick even step further and e- killed him. No, I'm before even like having the I'm, date. I'm gonna right? break your voting finger. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's, <clears throat> it it definitely seems to me like the thing you find out before even even bothering to spend your time going to the restaurant or whatever. Right. Yep. So politics are pretty divisive. <laughs> yeah, they are now certainly. <clears throat> uh, Rami uh, posted a um, a screenshot of what the, the Google Play Store uh, looking at the Twitter app the uh, the Twitter apps like page on the Play Store and it had in the you might lights like section there was just like a picture of Donald Trump what it's like maybe it's a Trump app or something <laughs> whoa but like I I definitely like this is not just the known thing that everybody on Twitter loves Trump like they certainly do nothing but talk about him. Right. I think I mean I think if if you're letting algorithms decide things for you that that does make a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. But but cuz the algorithm doesn't know the context in which you're talking about him. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like how much you it, hate him. 
<laughs> it's it's actually just a bunch of bridge players. Uh-huh. <laughs> Twitter is like ninety sure, percent sure. bridge players. Yeah, right. yeah, that not, makes sense. The other ten percent is mahjong. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, have you? What have you been up to, Riff? It's been two weeks since we recorded, so you've you've had so much life to live. Uh, gosh, <laughs> when you put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh shit <laughs> uh well okay i did i went and saw half of the new pokemon movie wait what <laughs> so a there's a poke a the pokemon movie question mark and b there's a new one so what so there's multiple pokemon movies how does that are, work? are you not aware of there having been not not live action movies cartoon movies okay is that is that the the, the source of the puzzlement um, the, sure. Kevin's trying to figure out something to do with this screen here. Yeah, uh, I'll this talk is for him. Problematic. Um, like the the Pokemon movie is this just like like three episodes of the cartoon strung together? No, it's 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 done as an animated feature. I think the story. I do, I really do not know anything about the cartoon. I've always I've it's like the twentieth anniversary of the cartoon, and I have not. I've watched like one episode of it in those twenty years. But, right. Uh, uh, my impression. Oh my God, it's that it, mouse that. So, sorry, sorry. Kevin is now using a mouse where to charge the mouse. You have to plug the charging cable into the bottom of the mouse that normally oh, good. touches the desk. That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> How about one where you have to the, plug uh, in Apple like a design hand leaders. crank? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. We were just like worried about the podcast recording machine, but everything seems to be okay. okay. Sorry, what were you saying? I think I think the problem was that the mouse, the battery in the mouse, had died, and so for whatever reason, that uh, that paused our sort of stream, and so. Yeah, but it seemed to be actually be recording still. It just didn't yeah. show it. <clears throat> so we just have to keep track. We just have to watch those like numbers that are like counting up, and as long as they're continuing to count up, uh, we'll probably be fine. It it went off screen again. Well, the the. The bars, we, we don't know if we have any bumps anymore, but, right. but there's numbers. The numbers, they keep going up. Yeah, it's counting the measures of the song we're recording. Exactly. It, it's, we're in 4-4 four, four according to that. Huh. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Back to, back to anime. Uh, okay. So my impression is that the, the movies are like 90 or 100 minute standalone stories, although it may also be that they take like three episodes and then sort of rewrite it into a single long episode uh so this is not this is not a thing you went to a theater to see yes it is because it did you did go to a theater yeah it it wasn't like a regular a regularly released movie it was like a fathom events thing that was showing on one one screening one night okay only Um, and only half the movie (laughs) <laughs> no, it was. Well, yeah. Did you leave halfway oh, through? What yes, happened? I left halfway through because it was boring as fuck. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. And, and because although I love the Pokemon games, I have zero nostalgia for the cartoon. And okay. It, it was just super twee and and dull, and I couldn't get into it. Uh, there were it, it, interestingly the the theater was the theater was not packed. It was like seven p.m. and it, the theater wasn't like stuffed full, but it was like comfortably full. And I only saw like one kid. Like everybody in in the place was at oh, least yeah, twenty like the years Pokemon old. TV series is from the nineties. Yeah, so, uh, so are a lot of kids though. <laughs> <laughs> not not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, kids are from this millennium. 
Yeah, that that's just wrong. But yeah, I know. To to kind of like confuse the question of whether these are standalone things or just episodes. Apparently, this one being that it was like the twentieth anniversary movie was actually like like I want to say remaster, but that's that's not exactly the right word. It was like they just a ran it through a sharpened filter. It was like just, a it was like a mastered. It was yeah. like a rewriting <laughs> of the first like main storyline from the cartoon and and they okay. and they like uh apparently they uh 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 retconned some stuff and and did some things a little different which apparently i left too soon to to find to see the audience reaction to some of this there is a polygon article about how there's a there's a dream sequence where Pikachu actually talks human language and the, <laughs> and the reviewer was, was mentioned that everybody in the theater was like shocked and hated it. <laughs> and so I, I, I kind of, I kind of wish I hadn't left early so I could have seen how all the, all the, uh, all the other nerds in the theater had reacted to it. But <laughs> <laughs> do you think it would just be just pure outrage or yeah, I don't know. <laughs> It I is, wonder if that's weird. like how, the, like, halfway through the Lego, uh, the, the the Traveler's Tales Lego series, they decided we're just gonna make the Lego figures talk now. Yeah, that was kind of a bummer because they they had the the physical comedy in the first few was really good. <clears throat> yeah, well, I'm sure they still have physical comedy. They just like have voices just, as well. Yeah, just didn't like, focus on it. My understanding is that like it was the. Yeah, this is a game that parents play with their kids, and my understanding is that the parents loved the mute figures, but the kids actually thought it was more natural for them to talk. Hmm. So, like, I don't, know, I don't know. It's, it. I, I certainly really liked the the silent Lego aesthetic. Yeah, but I'm sure, like that that choice was born of like just budget budget constraints. Oh, be, yeah, because the the voice acting cost money. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. And then once the actual Lego movie came out and all the Legos were talking in that, that probably made it even more difficult to not have them talk in the games. Yeah, although I think they had been talking already at that yeah, point. Yeah, they had been, but yeah. Okay. But it made sure it made like put the last nail in the coffin of going back to that style. Right. I saw recently um I think it was like a a test like a, a a footage test of they had just redone the um, Phantom Menace trailer with uh, Lego visuals. Okay. This was before they made Lego Star Wars. Huh. Just to like show like this is what it could be aesthetically. And of course, like because they speak in the trailer, those characters did talk. And that was a weird thing to see. Maybe I. I mean, I guess I've <clears throat> like the Lego Movie. They all everything talks. Yeah. Like, I, I guess I don't. Well, you, you, you never played the the Lego Star Wars I or Lego Indiana Lego Jones games. or Lego okay. Batman nope. or uh, I think there was a Lego Pirates of the so Caribbean. Just unvoiced. Yeah, it yeah. was all like like a silent film kind of Buster Keaton com- like silent film comedy. Okay. Yeah, it's like the scenes from the movies, but done. Without dialogue and with like oh. a little bit more wackiness and visual gags, is were they literal title cards? No, no, I don't okay. think they used anything like that. I think it was because there were a lot of title cards in the Lego Movie, uh, 
probably like half a dozen of them uh like yeah of varying f- kinds like 10 seconds later or whatever right or, oh okay or, you know. i see what you mean <clears throat> um and i was wondering if that was based on some earlier thing so like do you think that they were trying to serve the the game fans at all when they made the lego movie that's a really good question i don't know i don't i I feel like i would have to do a whole bunch of studying up before i could answer that question because i stopped playing the lego series of stuff like i i liked those games a lot at the time but then i just kind of got my fill of them i don't they're all the same basically yeah i i don't remember any specific gags that seemed like they were direct references to stuff from the games, but it would be hard to point to one of those definitively and say this is a reference to the games and not just to Legos. Right. Right. Legos, that was another thing that kind of blew my mind was the fact that there are so many different franchises that they actually used in the Lego movie. Like, I, I don't exactly understand how the rights on that all worked out but it was kind of mind-boggling I'm sure like a third of the movie's budget was like lo- paying lawyers right <laughs> i mean they might have just had some kind of amazing foresight that in the original licensing for like like when they license indiana jones lego sets maybe some genius put a clause in there that said oh yeah and also if we ever do a lego movie we get to use it for that too <laughs> right yeah because they are like they are their own thing. Like, like they have, they have all of these products. It's not like, it's not like they are referencing the movie per se, right? <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's this it's, weird. It's, it's probably like things, the only things that are in Lego sets can be yeah. in the movie, I'm guessing. I, I imagine it's the same for, what was it, Lego Dimensions? The, uh, oh, right. Yeah. They're, the, they actually the, introduced a lot of new, new uh franchises in lego dimensions yeah was like there new... never like a lego portal set <laughs> yeah. yeah no <laughs> yeah that was that was a notable surprise one yeah uh, and i think like uh i i think they had not had a back to the future before that or uh possibly hmm. doctor who i think <clears throat> that may have been the first although they very shortly after dimensions came out with a larger regular lego doctor who set which is actually really cool, but yeah, yeah. It's it's it was kind of. I mean, I, I I'm of two minds about this because I think like the Skylanders idea was kind of gross to begin with, but like it is sad that those figurines just they, they stopped making them. Basically, I think only the Amiibos are currently mm. new ones are being made. Is that the only RFID? or whatever thing that's currently in production. I think it was NFC. I think they're still NFC, making probably. Dimensions. Are they? I thought Dimensions was done. Um, is, is Skylanders done? That's actually know. a good I question. I bet I bet, they're, I bet they're still going to make Skylanders, although like the, um, the Toys for Bob people are working on a new Star Control now. Right. Which is like doubly weird because... Somebody was already working on a new Star Control. Yeah, Star like Control them. Origins, right? Like, oh, which one is which? Like, I don't is, know. is or like, there's the one that the 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 Brad Wardell, the guy who can't make or take a joke. Uh, <laughs> um, his his studio is making, 
and then the Toys for Bob they're doing another one. That that's I'm I'm guessing. I are, think are they doing that, like one one of the the Toys for Bob guys are doing Urquan Masters two and the oh, other ones. Yeah, the I, other I don't guy know. I think they Star Control three. Or yeah, whatever, I think they have the rights to the name or or like to use the name. Mm. So I think it's probably like Star Control Origins and then Star Control four because three was already a yeah. dumb thing that right. nobody liked. It's weird that two is the, the like standout one, right? Because the first one was kind of just a arcade game. Yeah, first one was just what? Yeah, like, um, space like battles, space like battles, control points, space wars, strategy yeah. game with melee. Yeah, yeah. It was a weird thing, and and like that was the part of two that I didn't give a shit about, right? Right. Um, I've already yeah, talked is, about this on that's the podcast, the part of two but you like, let the computer play for you. <laughs> exactly. Like we've already talked about this on the podcast, certainly, but it, it it is still a miracle to me that they took like we're going to expand on this original game and let you skip everything that was good about the first game <laughs> because the stuff that's good about the second game is way better. Right. But you, it was optional, right? Like I didn't skip it. I played. I played all of my own combats. It, and did you? Did you enjoy it? I, I mean, I played it as like a puzzle. Okay. I, so yeah. it was more like, how can I fight these fights and not lose any crew? And so mm. I like, I did a lot of Sirene mm. stuff where I would like suck their crew out. And I did a lot of Pekunk fights where I just kept fighting, hoping that I would resurrect. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also saw a movie. I saw Thor Ragnarok. Oh, how is that? The trailer looked pretty good. As the Marvel movies go, it was fine. Like it's it's more of that, you know, it's 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 pretty funny. I feel like they've they've realized that like trying to make grim dark Marvel stuff is is not going to get mm. them anywhere. Um and in that regard, they did a pretty good job. Like they punctuate, they punctuate it pretty well with comedy. Um, and <clears throat> I don't know if you, how much of the like Marvel Cinematic Universe you are aware of or, or care very, about, but, very um, on both the, counts, <laughs> the Thor storylines have always been weird and outliers because like half of the movie or more is taking place like in this alternate part of the universe like in asgard or whatever Mm -hmm. and they have used i think they are using ragnarok as a way to stop that right where they're they can now focus just on earth okay so Um, they don't have to explain all the bizarre things that somebody on somebody on twitter or somebody somewhere commented or pointed out that in the trailer for that you can see uh, Odin uh, riding his like eight-legged horse or whatever, and they pointed out, you know, Loki is that horse's mother. <laughs> huh? <laughs> and they they went into like the mythological details of of the original story of how that happened, and like I wonder if doesn't that seem like that would be a little bit weird to <laughs> to include. <laughs> Is Loki canonically female? No, is Loki being like the trickster god can be whatever oh at for whatever purpose. <laughs> and sure. so I guess there was like some there uh I I've forgotten the there is a 
a mason or builder who is challenged by the gods to build something in some ridiculously small amount of time, but he had this amazing horse that was that was helping him do it, and it looked like the human was going to win the bet. So Loki turned himself into a female horse to seduce the male horse. <laughs> and so the guy wouldn't be able to finish on time. And the result of this was this bizarre mutant eight-legged horse that Odin took as his own. Yeah. Yeah, Greek mythology what? is crazy <laughs> as shit, man. <laughs> or not, is that Greek or... That's Norse. Norse. That's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, both is also true. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> huh. I didn't. I did not notice the eight-legged horse in the movie, but uh, I was not apparently not paying that much attention. <laughs> you weren't counting the legs. <laughs> I was not. I also watched the Lego movie uh, on video. Oh, uh, nice. Which is why I was sort of. Why, why the, it came to mind the title cards and yeah yeah yep i still have to get around to watching the batman one i heard that was pretty good. it's pretty good i like that a lot <clears throat> they uh they really lean into like all of the the tropes about batman that you wish they that somebody would talk about <laughs> which is nice <laughs> mm-hmm. i like that we can have like sort of a grimdark DC Comics version of Batman and then also the Lego version of Batman yeah. existing at the same time and just being told in parallel stories. Do they ever meet each other? I feel like that's a sort of sort of thing they would do. <laughs> <laughs> the Lego you like the notion of what what is happening in the Lego universe is strange, right? Cuz it's ostensibly all happening in this basement where people are playing with the legos oh right Mm. so i don't even know what that means for all the rest of the lego movies but what uh what have you been up to these past couple of weeks jim uh i shipped half-life 3 nice (laughs) so it shipped it with who (laughs) Who who is your ship? But which two games are like are you shipping? Half Life Three and I, I, Gone I, Home, I, or I guess Half Life Three <laughs> and Werner Herzog? Okay, ooh, that's gonna be weird. Yeah, um, that was a fun project. Uh, it was. It ended up being a um, uh, isometric. It's not literally isometric, but it like it like it harkens back to isometric brawlers, where like. You're in a voxel engine in a voxel engine huh. yeah so you've got like a three-quarter view camera looking at a uh like a constrained voxel landscape and then you're like running around crowbarring head crabs on that landscape okay um and then like after you do that for a few minutes then there's like uh uh your phone buzzes and you have a sms conversation with like other characters in the half-life universe Okay. And that, like, that, that, that sequence just repeats for a while. Like, it, it, it's about a 10 minute game. You, you get to crowbar a lot of stuff on a lot of different voxel landscapes <laughs> and talk to a lot of people in SMS conversations. And you're. Do you have to type stuff out or do you. No, it's, it's a, um, I don't want to ruin the joke, but you do choose options from a converse. It's basically a conversation tree. Okay. 
Predictive yeah. text. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> I like that. Oh, man. Predictive text as conversation tree. Hmm. Yeah. That yeah. could be interesting. Sort yeah. of like the, how Gmail gives you those three automatic response options at the bottom of the email. You, right, you right. Just so format your conversation trees into those you boxes. Just, you can just play Monkey Island and Gmail and never actually talk to anybody. Yeah. Uh, and that was a, it, there were a couple of launch hiccups where, like, um, you didn't have enough servers ready for your multiplayer game. <laughs> right, yeah. I think this has, like, 12 downloads. Okay. I miss the days where, like, you could play my games in the browser. Um, because Flash is dead? Or uh-huh. Yeah. Is that the, is, I mean, is that the, the main... Well, also, like, Unity, like, at some someday Unity WebGL build is going to work, but it's not working yet. Okay. Um, um, we, we built... West of Loathing early on in WebGL and it ran on some computers but not others. I I tried building so actually I haven't tried building this, but I tried building like I didn't this is this is the bummer like I did I didn't do a zero hour jam this year because I forgot oh, about it. Right. But last year I did a zero hour jam game that was incredibly small and constrained and tried doing a web build of that and it didn't like the page there was a syntax error in the generated JavaScript. Oh, come on. It was really like, holy crap, they didn't test this at all. Huh. Um, yeah, it was, that was like a really like, well, it's, it's better than when I tried it the year before that when like, <laughs> uh, the, the JavaScript was parsed correctly, but then like, it just the page, the whole browser, because it wasn't. It was I was trying this in Firefox, which you know it's it's not uh, it's not a process per tab, so the whole browser froze up, okay. and like a minute later, I opened Task Manager and looked at like, okay, how's Firefox doing? And it's oh, it's it's allocated a hundred gigabytes. <laughs> um, so is is does Chrome just open a different process every for every tab? Uh huh. Oh wow. Which is like it's good for. You know, separation of performance. Like if one if one tab is is shitting the bed, the rest will work. But also, it means Chrome is always multiple gigabytes. Right. Does that does that allow it to run on multi core systems in a better? Probably. Way? Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I bet it is. Um, the the first when I um first launched uh this game, uh, I I had um mistakenly set it up so that the lowest lighting quality setting was the default. And so everybody was getting like completely flat textures with no lighting. Um, and, and the reason like that this happens is that I had manually set the lighting level to something nice on my own version of the game. And the, when I made the build, it was like, Oh yeah, still looks good. Right. Because that's the, what the setting is now. Um, apparently a very easy mistake to make. Um, and I uploaded a new build that fixed that problem, but added the problem that I had forgotten to include the game in the build. <laughs> and so when people ran it, it was just the skybox. <laughs> how how do you forget to include uh, the entire game in the build? Um, I don't actually know the because, process by which is I... Is there just a single checkbox that's like, add <laughs> game? Uh, I don't actually know. Well, so there's like a... When you're building a Unity project, you can um, you can have a list of like uh, of scenes to include in the build, uh, and if you don't have a list, it just includes the open scene. 
the currently okay. open scene. And I guess I had had it in the mode where it, it just it's included the currently open scene, but didn't have an open scene or had oh. it like an empty open scene or something like that. Um, and I'm not sure how that happened, but uh, I didn't. The, the real problem was that I didn't try running the game. You just uploaded it. Yeah. Right. Because I was like, oh, I'm just making this t- one tiny change. What could go wrong? Right. Um, and now everything's back to normal, except that, like, I also deleted the Mac and Linux versions because they were broken separately. <laughs> uh, okay. And those are, th- those are like a situation where I don't really have an easy way to test them. So, like, it's hard to debug the mm-hmm. problems that were coming up. Uh, so anyway, that, that's like, that's game launch woes. We should get you a, a Mac. Yeah. So that you can develop with Macs in mind. I've, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Uh, my body is ready. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll install boot camp on it and mostly run it in Windows, probably. Ah, <laughs> uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was fun. Um, how many entrants were there in the Half-Life 3 game jam? Uh, 30 something. I, I've been meaning to like go play some cause I haven't really played any of them. And they were all ostensibly based on the, the leaked slash. Yeah. Released. The, uh, so I, I think I talked about this before, but like just to catch everybody up, um, Mark Laidlaw who quit Valve like a year ago posted on his blog uh a a short story which was obviously like a uh barely concealed um telling of like what his his version of the half-life uh episode three events would have been um and my my game was as 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 close as possible um a recreation of this as as can be done in like voxels and sms conversations okay so you were actually trying to to retell the same narrative. Yeah, well except that like the uh protagonist uh became Werner Herzog <laughs> except also a lady because okay. Verna Herzog. Uh-huh. Okay. But that was just, you know, just making some making some decisions. Cool. Well, have you played any video games? Jim. Uh, I'm going to talk about a board game I played first because I, I'm going to talk a bunch about Mario Odyssey in a couple of minutes and I don't want to like, I don't want to like stop doing that and then go talk about this board game as well. Okay. I played Mysterium. Oh, okay. Uh, which is a pretty cool game. Um, do you want to to explain it to our listeners who have never heard it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the gist of the game is that, um, one player plays uh is is role playing like a ghost. Mm-hmm. I think and the ghost we talked about this a few episodes ago because I tried to explain it and, oh, and didn't well. didn't do very well. So uh, okay. we'll, we'll see see if your version of it makes any sense. Uh, yeah, like you, you one person is a ghost and the ghost is trying to tell the players who uh how how the ghost was how this character was murdered. Okay. Um, and so, how uh, how do you, as the ghost, know how you were murdered? Uh, the ghost, um, I believe you 
draw cards from a deck to determine how you're murdered. Okay. Or maybe you decide, because I wasn't the ghost. I don't know. Okay. Um, Riff, do you know this? No, I wasn't the ghost either. I, okay. I, I assume the guy pulled some cards out of a deck like in Clue, but yeah. I, I don't know for certain. So yeah. I had a, had a murder weapon and a location. Yeah. And- so you start with, uh, I think you start with the murderers. So you have a, a, a five cards laid out on the table and the cards have like a there. It's all pictorial, but there's a bunch of like, there's a face and there's a bunch of information, like biographical information in the form of like a photo and like stuff scattered on a desk. Like, so the, you can tell one guy's a hunter because there's a, a, a gun and like, Probably dead animals or something. So are these I the suspects? What. These are the suspects. Okay. And what the ghost does is every turn they will like present each player. Oh, I, I remember this. So each player has, um, is supposed to come up with a different suspect. And I think the ghost assigns that suspect to that player. And so everybody's like, everybody is trying to figure out who their suspect is. Right. Okay. Uh, so the ghost will like hand, like, here's a number of cards from that, have, that have, they've drawn from a deck. They have a hand of like seven cards and they will say, okay, I pick these, these cards, these, they can pick any number of cards and hand them to each player. Um, and the cards are supposed to be like, you use this information to figure out what does the ghost mean? Uh, which, which suspect are they trying to point out with these abstract visuals? Yeah. And the cards are themselves like, like weird paintings. paintings. Yeah. Yeah. Weird paintings that could be interpreted in many, many different ways. There's lots of tiny details on them. Uh, it's actually a, like they're really beautiful, just works of art of themselves. It's made by the same people that do, uh, Dixit. If, if that makes sense. If yeah. People listening are familiar with that one. Right. Um, and, so all the, all the players they get, I can see why you had trouble with this riff because this is like surprisingly complicated for how simple it feels to play. Yeah, right. Um, and the players will like, they will accrue more and more cards as they get it wrong every time. The, pl- the ghost is like, okay, how about these cards to figure out who this guy is? Um, when they, and when they get the sub, the suspect right, uh, they move on to, I think, the location and then to the murder weapon. Um, and then, and then following the same pattern of like, here's a bunch of visual images to like convey this is the, this is the murder weapon I mean. Um, and I think what happens it, at the end is like when, when one person has all their, no, it has to be when everybody does yeah. it. When everybody has all their stuff, they then, um, uh, everybody is then like voting on which, which set of, um, um, uh, suspect murder weapon and location is actually correct. Right. And each individual oh, player, really? e- each individual player, depending on how fast they were in finishing their personal set, determines how many clues, how many of the clues for the, the final round that that player gets to see. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and the, the fast in, in, in terms of how many rounds it took. Right. Because like you have a, there's a, there's a clock. Um, there's a, like a literal clock with hands on it in the, in the game that, um, 
you when once it advances past a certain time, the players all the players lose. Okay. Uh, and then what are the clues that the players see in that last sort of like? It's round? it's more cards, more. but like I, I th- in in what happened in our case at least is that um, uh, there were three cards and they were revealed one at a time, um, and the players that had uh advanced. The player advanced first got to see them all before voting, but the other players could only see two of them because they had taken longer. Okay. Um, and um, the way uh, the team wins or loses is um, if if they're they, it's 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 a vote. So they, if uh, if there's a um, a majority, then that is their selection, and they, they win or lose based on that. And if there is a tie, then it goes to the person who saw the most cards. Okay. Their their selection goes. Uh, There's also a hard mode, where all the <laughs> all the uh, all the voting is it's uh, it's secret ballot. You're like putting one putting a numbered counter into an envelope to indicate which which suspect you think it is oh is that hard mode because that's what we did well no no the the what makes it hard mode is that hard mode you can only win if it's unanimous (laughs) oh shit yeah (laughs) jesus yeah that is hard so if there are say five people detecting or trying to figure out what's going on Uh, one of the sets of murderer location weapon is correct that they have assembled. So they've, they've assembled five sort of right. theories. Yes. Um, and, and like thematically, I'm not sure why the ghost needs to come yeah, up with like five separate theories and it, then that's pick a from little these. weird, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Ghosts work in mysterious ways. Yeah. So, but like it was it was really neat to like to role play uh like here's this ghost trying to like trying desperately to communicate something and everybody's fumbling around like what right. what could this possibly mean is being idiots Yeah constrained communication is a super interesting gameplay mechanic to me hmm. Have you heard about um there's a new at the Mountains of Madness game uh no. The the idea is your your guys are like, you know, climbing the the Antarctic mountains or whatever trying to get to the helicopter pad or wherever they're going to be rescued. But as you go up, you get dealt insanity cards that affect how you're allowed to communicate with the other players. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So and and like, like no using the letter E. Yeah, things like that, <laughs> or or like you are only allowed to lie, or <laughs> you <laughs> if anybody asks you a question. Some of them seem like really tr- like the early ones are trivial. Like y- if anybody asks you a question, you have to look underneath the table before responding, <laughs> and <laughs> and things like that. But then yeah, as you go higher up, you start getting into like you cannot tell the truth or or just even more and more elaborate and difficult ones. I forget yeah, what that- I forget what it is you're talking about that that makes that makes communication impairment make right. the game difficult, but it sounded really interesting. Yeah, I like that a lot conceptually. I've never played it, of course. Oh, and Mario Odyssey. Ah. 
Uh, Tell me about this board game. Yeah, it's <laughs> this is uh, this is apparently the year where I like all the games are for me, <laughs> and uh, I also feel like the like g- g- imagine like if. Your favorite three albums this year were like the Hootie and the Blowfish reunion album and the Limp Biscuit reunion album and like, I don't know, what's what's a band from 1987, their reunion album. Because that's what this year was for me. It was like, oh, my favorite games are like the the an update of a game I liked in 2001 and an update of a game I liked in 1996 and an update of a game I liked in 1987. <laughs> and all what, like... So, and what are these games? Uh Prey, Breath of the Wild, and Mario Odyssey. And so Prey is just a remake? It's, 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 a, it's another immersive sim in the style of Deus Ex. Okay. Or System Shock is maybe a better, more apt comparison. Okay. Yeah, actually, no, System Shock 2 is much closer than Deus Ex. But, like, so maybe maybe just two Hootie and the Blowfish albums then. <laughs> <laughs> like, not and, and not just, like... Not just like these are like you're old now and you only like stuff you liked as a kid, yeah. but also you like the most popular stuff from when you were a kid. <laughs> um, and so like I've definitely been like doing some soul searching where like, okay, I'm an indie developer, but I only apparently – do you remember the gym from like two years ago that hated AAA? They just couldn't stand the thought of a, playing a AAA game. No. Okay. Well, he was on this podcast. Interesting. <laughs> we'll have to have him come back sometime. Yeah. Uh, See how he's doing. Anyway, Mario Odyssey is a game that um, is a follow-up, basically a follow-up to Mario 64, which- But there have been other Mario games in between. Yeah. We could talk about that. Okay. Um, <laughs> So Mario Sunshine was um, a game that was in the vein of Mario 64, and I like Mario Sunshine a lot, actually, but it um, because it had to be shipped during the summer because of its theming, uh-huh. and they didn't want to delay another year, it shipped too early, like it was not mm. polished like Nintendo games usually are. That's Couldn't they have waited six months? I've never heard that. And, and they shipped only it. in Australia? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, there's sunshine year round. Like it's yeah, but it was like it was a game set on a tropical island. It's like a summer vacation kind of a thing. Tropical islands exist year round. <laughs> it's okay, maybe not in Japan. Okay, well, I guess yeah, they might have islands just rise and lower. Right, like like in like in platformers. Yep. yep. Um, and so like Mario Sunshine is just not as well made as it needed to be to really be part of the canon um and mario galaxy like i love that series but it's not the same sort of game um what is i've not i've not played them so, so the mario know. galaxy games are um they're 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 they take the the running around um acrobatics of the mario 64 and sunshine but they uh constrain them to like a a linear obstacle course like the original 2d games were okay uh, and so, but, but still represented in 3D. Yes. Oh, huh. Yeah. And so, those are you know I I love those games and I played played a bunch a bunch of them, but or I played them a bunch, but um they didn't really they they had a little bit of the the secret finding and exploration that, that's always in the Mario series, but like they're not about that the way Mario 64 is. 
Okay. And so this is a game that is like, uh, you know, it gives you, it gives you like, here's a story, uh, story missions to do, but, um, it's much more about exploring a space f- and finding interesting things there. Um, and that's kind of like my, that, that's my favorite probably kind of game is just, you, you get dropped in a world and like poke around yeah. and find cool stuff. That, that's kind of the, the thing about it that makes me kind of interested in playing it, despite the fact that I normally could not give a crap about a jumpy collectathon game. Yeah. Did you play Mario 64? Uh, no. Like, when it, it was on, what, the DS. I played it for, like, ten minutes. But oh, the yeah, DS version, version was a terrible... Yeah, yeah. It's hand cramp city. That's a that's a bummer. Yeah. That's a bummer. I did a... I did like uh, Galaxy. I played the first Galaxy. I think all the way through. Oh yeah. Okay. So you've got a sense of what what to expect then. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is the game that is just basically exactly for me, and I've just I've been doing nothing but play it for the past week and a half, I guess. Hmm. Aside from Ship Half Life Three. Right. Uh, and. It's kind of a bummer to me that we didn't talk about this last week because uh, it's too it's, you're too into it now. You're- well, I just have now like I have till the limits of your patience to talk about everything <laughs> in the game <laughs> instead of being able to split it up over two weeks because I'm now basically at the end. Like I um I uh, am at like 910 moons or so. Wow, that's a lot of moons. It's a lot of moons, <laughs> and I. I still don't know how many there are. I think it's 999. I think, uh, yeah, the screenshots I've seen of people crowing about having done everything were 999s. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've got like 60 moons. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a good taste of it. I've gotten, I've only played the first uh, two worlds, I guess, the, the, the prehistoric waterfall place and then the Tostarena. The, the desert. desert level. Yeah. What's, weird, what's funny to me is frozen. that like the, all the levels have like place names like Tostarina, but in the level select it's called Desert World or whatever. Oh, it is. <laughs> okay, just so no one gets confused. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know where to start. Well, I can I can voice my criticisms because I don't sure. feel like I'm as enamored of the game as it seems like a lot of people are because all I've heard are positive things from yeah. people in sort of very broad general terms uh, and so I you know I played early Mario games Super Mario Brothers 1 to 3 probably and mm-hmm. then didn't really play any of the other games in the franchise uh, I played Super Mario Run uh, but then this is my first sort of more modern game since Super Mario 3 probably mm-hmm. um, and I feel like I am constantly fighting with the camera yeah so that that's been a problem since 64 and still isn't really solved but like i so it's hard for me to really judge because i've played so much of the 3d marios that i got really good at manipulating the camera and getting it to do what i want okay so like it's hard for me to really say how much it's actually improved but i had very few camera problems with this game so, like, the, the situations that come to mind are in in the desert world, you get on the back of one of those 
super fast moving taxi animals. Oh yeah. And the camera cannot keep up with the motion of it. Basically. Like you can't, you can't swing the camera faster than you can turn at all, which makes it very difficult to like, I don't know if that's by design like it, it makes it very difficult to like maneuver, which is, clearly is meant to be a little sort of cumbersome, but it, it's just, it just becomes frustrating. Um, yeah. and then like, uh, the, when you are in the ruins and sort of hat control, cappy controlling the like bullet bills, like the, in a lot of those ruins, the camera is just locked and the, I guess technically when you're moving around, you are always just using the joystick to 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 yeah they kind of map the the direction you're pushing onto the plane of the ground and like yeah. the, the camera yeah and whereas 99 percent of the time uh, when i'm moving around i am moving with one thumb and i am controlling the camera with the other one so when i want to turn right i just hit right and i am like my brain has mapped oh like tank controls well, I guess, sort of. And so then I'm, so like, I, I, it's not that I'm moving right in the world so much as that is the, like, the, the, because I'm always, the camera's always behind my character, right? Like, yeah. it's never, I'm almost never in front, like, it's never in front and like, whatever. So I like, in my head, that's just how the controls worked. And it wasn't until they like locked the camera for me. And then I had like, all of a sudden was controlling a thing where I was just sort of moving on a plane that like it became clear that that's not what was going on. Like I wasn't, yeah. all I wanted to do was turn right and it would, I would just keep running into the wall and I'm like, what is happening? I don't <laughs> understand what's going on. It took me sort of an embarrassingly long amount of time to figure out that what, what was happening was that I needed to just po- click point in the direction that I wanted to go and then right. everything would be fine. Um, yeah, that's, that's actually a super interesting, like it, the fact that you were able to get 60 moons, um, by steering Mario like a car. Yeah. It's fascinating to me. And yeah? like, it's like the, 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 the move set in this game is really world class. Like the, is, is it like what? Yeah. It feels real floaty. It just feels like, I don't know. It feels like the, uh, the, I, I'm not, I'm not excited about it at all. <laughs> so I would like to watch you play this. Yeah. I think it would be interesting to see. Yeah. But like, my experience with it, you know, is you're, you're running around, um, and the, the, like the turning, like Mario's like turning radius and his, like, if you s- change directions, he'll like skid and turn the other way. And like the way Mario will like kind of lean over when he's turning, like lean to the side, lean into the turn. Um, and the jump controls and the hat controls really like it's, I, like my takeaway was that it was really accessible, but also like had a really high skill available ceiling. skill ceiling and also a lot of player expression and maybe being able to steer Mario like a car is just part of that player expression. So like I've seen a couple of posted videos or animated gifts or whatever of people doing a move that I still have not figured out how to do, which is like they jump while they're in the air. I think they throw the hat yeah. and somehow hit the hat and jump off the hat. Yeah. And that seems like a really powerful move, but I have no idea how they're doing it. Yeah. It's well, not, and it's not described in the yeah, set of actions. Yeah. I, so I didn't try, even try doing that move until I'd finished the game. Oh, wow. Okay. Like I didn't even try until I'd finished the main story. Um, 
and I didn't know how to do it. I never looked up because looked it up because I wanted to like just I didn't want to look at the internet at least for like I'm, I'm probably going to start looking at the internet now that I am coming up on like my tolerance for the hardest stuff in the game. Right. Um. Uh, but they told me how to do the dive move, which I had thought wasn't a move that was in the game. Yeah. Uh, like the, the Cappy will like tell you about moves as you fly from one world to the next. Right. And like one of the last moves that he tells you about is the dive. Uh, and in Mario 64, you would dive out of a jump by pushing B. Like it, depending on how fast you're moving, if you're only a little, a little bit, a little bit of horizontal movement, you would do a kick, which gives you a almost sort of a double jump. Um, but if you had a bunch of horizontal movement, you push B and you do a dive. Okay. Um, in this game, pushing the equivalent of B throws the hat. Right. Um, and the way you do a dive is actually really weird. You start doing a ground pound, and at any point during the ground pound, you can push B to dive. Or whatever the leftmost button is on the Switch. I forget what you call it. Why? Okay. Yeah. Um, and you can, you can like, dive like at the end of a ground pound or you can dive like right after pushing the trigger okay like before you've actually started moving down and so the way you do the move you were describing is you do a jump you push y to throw the hat you push one of the triggers to do a ground pound and you push y again to dive and does that just make you go diagonally it kind of it, it gives you a little bit of upward momentum oh huh um and so if you bounce off the hat then you can, um, you get, you're back in the jumping animation. You can throw the hat again, but you, and you can dive again, but you won't hit the hat this time. You'll go through it because, yeah, they, they, that's one of the limitations. I like see. this is the hard coded limitation. Um, otherwise you could theoretically arbitrarily yeah, traverse the map or something. You could just like, you could just never touch the ground. Huh. Um, and, uh, even if you don't hit the hat, hat, this gives you a lot more like forward momentum. Yeah. Like you can, even if you like don't actually touch the hat, you can still clear bigger gaps like this. Um, and even if you don't like jump on, do the dive, uh, throwing the hat like halts your downwards momentum. So it's kind of like a, almost a double jump. Oh, interesting. So, um, a lot of, one of the moves I've been doing a lot lately is you'll do, you do a wall jump, um, and, you don't have much air control after after that, but you can um, throw the hat, which just kind of stops you. You still have a little bit of motion after that, but uh, after you are stopped, you can then aim back at the wall you jumped off of and dive on top of it often. Really? Which is a really useful move. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so you're just throwing the hat to... You You don't care anything about where the hat goes. You're just using that as a way to arrest your momentum off of the wall. Yeah fascinating yeah okay yeah yeah the it, it it's there's a lot to it like one of the things that you can do is like when you have you done like a um have you done much wall jumping uh just in the handful of situations where they give you two walls that are sort of facing each other yeah in close proximity yeah so. yeah that's that's the classic um yeah there are also cases where like the walls are far apart enough that you can't climb while doing that. Yeah. And you can, but you can climb them if you throw the hat in the middle of a wall, if you jump off the wall, then throw the hat and which gives you like extra air time. Interesting. And then you, you touch the other wall and you, then you jump off uh, So you can climb walls that are further apart by doing that. Crazy. 
Yeah, it's it's nuts. And this is all stuff that like I didn't even bother getting into uh, until I had finished the main story. Like okay. that's that's what I mean by the skill ceiling being really high. Sure, sure. Um, one and we talked about this at dinner. One one thing that sucks about this game is that there are moves that uh, require you to use the motion controls to do. Mm. Um, one of them is that uh, after you throw the hat, um, if you do a shake, like after throwing the hat, if you shake the Joy-Con, um, and maybe you have to shake it in a certain way because I can't do it reliably. Uh, is it, the hat will like do a little bit of homing towards the nearest target. Yeah, that's just it's supposed to be one. It's it, it's use the like right Joy-Con and you just flick it to the right. Okay, yeah, and that's something that like. I've never been able to incorporate into usefully into a move and it seems like it would be really useful because like it's aiming uh, is not the best in this game. Mm, like it's, it's really hard actually. Yeah. It, it sounds um, like that would be impossible if you're playing portably with the Joy-Cons locked to the thing or if yeah, you're playing you with the Joy-Cons yeah. in, oh, in the Basically all of the or, exactly. Basically all of the motion control stuff feels really bad undocked hmm. like unless you are and i've heard people do, i've heard about people doing this they will like take the joy cons off of the switch and put the switch in their lap i, oh, I tried like that i, I tried like playing with it between my knees yeah, yeah. I, I it's i tried putting it on my lap but it's just my neck gets really tired looking down like that it's that's yeah. bad uh the only way to throw the cap up is by jerking yep. the the switch up do you, the whole switch do you yeah. guys not Enjoy the uh, the little kickstand at the back. Would that would that be? I've used that a little bit. I've never tried it. It's it's fine, but you just have to be in a very particular situation for that to make sense. Like if you're just sitting on a couch, it's mm, yeah, right. It doesn't it's, work. Uh, like it's ev- going to be too far down on your coffee. Yeah. Table every time whatever. I boot this game up, it reminds me like try playing with detached Joy Cons. Yeah. I'm like no no, <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> I played I played on my TV with detached Joy Cons for a while. Okay. Um, yeah, and like I'm at the point where like there are there have been I would say like five moons that I was like okay I need to like I need to use the motion control stuff for this because I need to do the throw the hat in a circle thing or I need to throw the hat up thing and sometimes I need to do it like as part of a sequence of other moves right like and and, and, and like in, under time constraints or whatever and like um. It's a big pain in the ass. How how many different worlds are there, would you estimate? Um, I would say like 15. Jeez. Some of them are very small. Some of them are like, this is actually just a boss arena that they're like, well, if you're going to come back here, we'll add some moons, but it's like five or 10. Okay. But, um... Because if they're, if, they're, if they're all 15 the size of Toast Arena, that would be a lot of... Yeah, no, Toast Arena is like the... Not the biggest one... But, but one of the biggest, okay. yeah. There are only there are only like four or five that are that size. But then there are a bunch that are like half that size. Okay. Um. One of the things. Okay, I'll just. I'm just going to start talking about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this game, like, I think it's really beautiful and like has a lot of visual invention. But one of the things that's really striking about it to me is how much. Did you guys play a little big planet? Did you, look, yeah, did you mess with yeah. the level editor at all? Yeah, only a little bit. bit. Yeah. Like in the level editor in Little Big Planet, you just like you make shapes 
and then the engine will like, okay, we'll bevel that shape and add a texture to it. Yep. And that's what the game looks like for the most part is like the designers just like built a world, built a world that is like a, a, a polyhedron, you know, <laughs> and then, um, the engine just textured it and beveled it and it still works pretty well. Like the, the, that, that desert world, like 90% of the surfaces in that world are just that, that sand texture. Right. And it's still like, I, I, I was not bothered by that at all. Like, and, and this was a, it did seem like a lot of open space between interactive. But that gets better. Um, okay. Uh, have you, have you finished the, the main story quest in, in Tostarina? Uh, I, yeah, I've, I've, I finished the boss. Okay. Area. Yeah. So it opens up twice. Um, right. like there's like the nighttime version and then there's the yeah, actual well, hot. Version. Once, once you get into the hot mode or whatever you want to call it, like once you finish the boss of a world, um, there are more moons available. Right. And then once you finish the main storyline, like it doubles again. Seriously? Yeah. There's, there's like, regardless of what I do, there's always gonna be more moons to come back to until I beat the game. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> like, I, I, so one of the things that bothered me was the fact that like you beat the boss and the world changes. It, like in the prehistoric sort of waterfall one, it just changed in arbitrary ways for seemed like no reason. At least in the desert, yeah, there was at least some sort of narrative basis yeah, they, for it. They they justify it in better and worse ways throughout the course of the game. Kind of made me angry because I was like, wait, there like suddenly there are like whole things that just weren't here well, that's kind a of like ago. a leftover from mario 64 right where depending on which star you were going after like yeah, thing, would, things would be would added and removed like from the minor levels. reconfigurations of the level based on the mm. star you were going after this is actually a really like i would love to do like a deep dive a design deep dive on how they did that and like in mario 64 when you get a star you get kicked out of the level oh weird um and then you go back in and then, then they reconfigure it depending on which star you select. Um, you, so you're picking in, a, uh, target in those situations. Yes. Whereas this all, is but, just all open world. Yeah. But, but in most cases in Mario 64, you could actually go for the other stars. They you, were still there. They were still there. They were just maybe sometimes harder to get. Oh, interesting. Um, was there ever a situation where you would pick one star to get another star because it was easier to get it with a different I configuration? I don't, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I think so, yeah. Okay. Um, and in this game, um, you never get kicked out. You just like, you, you just collect a moon and then move on. Um, Except for the but weird they still do screenshot, as, like what inter, yeah. intercut title card where it's you and your hat being happy about finding the moon, that, which that, is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, is it, that a holdover a, from something? Because that's a just, celebratory game. You're like, so you're, you're, you did a good job for getting this thing. Yes. Uh, one, one thing that I thought was interesting was that it shows you the current date. Yeah, yeah. So you it's like you see like you were saying so you can screenshot it I guess. Yeah. Which is just a weird like okay, I can I can log this. And and like if I had known that you could do that, I might have done it, but I didn't <laughs> realize for the first, you know, 300 moons that that's what that was for. I see. Anyway, um but in this game, like it it will just reconfigure things and somehow it just never breaks. Well, that was something that, it, like, when it, when stuff gets reconfigured, I'm always nervous that they have locked me out of something. They have never locked you out of something. Yeah, and like you have to have that faith, but it it just feels. 
I get nervous, right? Yeah, like, and you, that, well, and like if it were a company, like if this were ukulele, I would say that nervousness was <laughs> deserved. <laughs> And I was actually going to make like that. Th- I was thinking about ukulele a lot during the course of this game yeah. where like the scope of ukulele was they wanted to make this game. Right. But they had like ha- like a tenth of the budget and but they didn't scope down. Mm-hmm. They just made it badly. And that was the real problem with that. And, and it's, it's really similar. Like it's the two characters sort of in uh-huh. co- concert. Like uh-huh. it's and and like just g- getting a bunch of cool stuff yep. and playing a mini game most of the time, like when to get to like in ukulele, every time you found one of the pages, yep. you had to do a mini game to get it. Right. Except all those mini games were bad. <laughs> and these ones are mostly good. like, it's, it's really shocking to me. Like, and I actually blame that on the Kickstarter where like they had made all these promises oh. so that they couldn't scope them out. They couldn't like, say, well, okay, the game's going to be bad if we build all this stuff out, so let's not do that. Let's just make a smaller good game. But they couldn't do that because they'd promised the bigger game. Right. Um, the other thing that I, like that this comes back to, like the, the art being so simple, um, is that Ukulele did the, the full um, like AAA treatment of its environments where like no, it never looked like here's like just the the geometric surface that's barely textured. They did the full like okay, it has to look like a real place. Um, except like what that adds is that you you have to then iterate on that as you iterate on the level design, right? Which is incredibly expensive, and um, the fact that the Mario team didn't do that despite their budget being 10 times as much <laughs> estimated. I'm just guessing. Sure. Like, I think that was just a really smart move. And it was a little bit like, and like, like I said, like it, it, I think this game looks really good. Um, it's a cartoony style, which is why they get away with that. Um, there are, there are some weird, subtle details sometimes. Like I ran into a cactus and then I noticed that there were spikes sticking out of my nose Oh yeah. And like that, I don't know how long that lasts, but that's like, yeah, yeah. Lots of just tiny. Yeah. Lots of tiny little, like someone, you know, someone spent a day on each of those, you know? Uh, and they just do that times 10,000, you know, and you have a really rich feeling game. I like, I liked a lot of the sort of, I guess, puzzly moons, Mm -hmm. like, there's just a, a dude sitting in a cloud with a fishing rod after you've unfrozen the the lake in the desert town, and you can can control him with your cap, and then you you know that, that this is a system. Like there's there's something going on here, and so it's yeah. just like, how do I get the star out of this or the moon? Sorry, out of this. Yeah, it turns out it's a fishing mini game. Yeah, yeah. There are actually um probably fifteen or twenty uh explicit like these are puzzle moons in terms of like. I don't know if you found one of these, but um, I think there's one, at least one in each world where you will like walk up to like, here's a, like a framed painting on the wall and you push a or whatever. And it shows you um, just a, like it, it shows you a puzzle where like this screen, it's, it's usually a screenshot or a diagram. Uh, it shows you like, here's where a, a moon is somewhere in the game. Oh, huh. And you have to like, look at this image 
and use this with your memory of like where you've been. Oh, like the photographs in Zelda. Uh, yeah, like that, like that. Okay. But but that's just one kind of thing. And this is like there are there's some there are some things like that. But this is like often a bunch of different a bunch of different po- like kinds of puzzles. Hmm. But it's all a, like I found an empty picture frame in the prehistoric world, and then I found one that had like a picture of a city in it. But I assumed that it was some sort of it was like a warp portal or something, not a. Oh yeah, yeah. Though the um the ones that are that are like so I say picture frame, but it's it's more like just a tiny rectangle. Um, the, the thing you found, um, is, is a different thing. Is a different thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and if you were like refraining from using that thing because you didn't want to like, you wanted to limit the scope of what you were doing. Uh huh. Don't just, oh, yeah? just, just go do it. Okay. All right. Interesting. Um, yeah, I had told myself after, after having a discussion with people, I was like, oh, I should just play through this game and not stress out about collecting stuff. But my, I, like my inclination is just like, oh, I can see yeah. a moon there. So I've just got to figure out how to get it but instead of o- just ignoring it. Yeah, but often game. you can't yet. Ah, so that's, that just kills me. Yeah. But well, you're going to have to finish the game ah. and then you'll be able to get it. Ah, it's brutal. <laughs> like what does knowing that like there are a bunch of moons that you just like probably two thirds of the moons you just can't get until... <sighs> Well, okay, so until you finish the boss of that level and then later right. the the I mean, whole it, story. It depends. I mean, for me, it would depend on how how obvious it is that that can't be got, right? Yeah. Like, if it seems it's just, like it's maybe clear. I could jump to that and I'm just not hitting it right. <laughs> yeah, it's almost that it, this game is usually really good about, like, if you're – if it's something you can jump to, um, it's usually pretty clear that you can. And if it's something you can't make the jump, it'll usually be really obvious. Like it's just, oh, it's, it's, it's like twice as far as you can jump. Okay. It's not, it's never like, like 110% as far as you can jump. Okay. There, but so like, it, it is a little weird because like there was a moon that was really high and no platforms around. Yeah. And I was like, how the hell do you get to this moon? And it was just a completely novel mechanism uh, to get there. Yeah. And it involved sort of cap controlling um, a sort of set of other monsters or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, o- often that stuff is just like, sometimes it's just like you have to find a warp point to it somewhere oh, huh. else in the world. Like you go down a pipe, you go through a subterranean thing, and then you come out up there. I see. Um, very, very op- like, but that's not, but not always. Sometimes like you, do get to it into an, in a naturalistic way that you have to figure out. I, part of my problem also, I think is coming off of breath of the wild, which is, I, I finished that game, uh, the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Anytime I am on at a, on a high point, I want to be able to just glide off of it and <laughs> not being able to, not being able to do that kind of drives me a little crazy. And that's, that has nothing to do with Mario. That has everything to do with just <laughs> like, my brain is just trained like that's how you get from place to place and yeah, it, like yep. it's such a satisfying way to explore a, a have, vast have you, world have you found the character that lets you do that yeah and the uh, that was also a super frustrating situation in controls because it's like hold b to to glide but oh by the way if you use your directional controls at all you lose altitude like a mofo <laughs> yeah you have to like really lightly turn like press to press the stick to turn yeah whereas normally you have to press forward to move forward mm-hmm. that just you just dive bomb and i'm like wait wait what <laughs> no that's not what i want like yeah another yep. situation where they just basically arbitrarily change the controls on you well it's a different 
Like it, <sighs> it, no, it makes sense to me that like all the different things you're capturing uh, have a different control scheme. I guess it's just it just gets really aggravating. Like the tank is tank controls. Sure, You'll that'll probably those. that'll probably that'll <laughs> probably feel great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the um the mind control stuff is weird. Yeah. Like, especially because there are a few cases where you mind control, like, humans or other intelligent things. Mm-hmm. And, like, then you get to see them react after, like, what they're like, what was that? After you pop out of them. Do they not, does it's not everything really creepy. despawn after you? Uh, the things that despawn are usually, like, things, like, they're usually enemies. And, okay. And they despawn because you, you took them too far away from their, like, home region. Okay. Um, and like it, it definitely was just like kind of, kind of creepy. The other thing that was creepy was like, you can unlock, um, Bowser's outfit (laughs) and like, as, as, as you go through the game, you can like, after you rescue Peach, she shows up elsewhere in the game. And I was just running around in Bowser's outfit because it was the most recent outfit I'd purchased. And I ran into her and I was like, like, okay, should I actually like go talk to her? Like, Hi, I'm dressed up as your abuser. <laughs> right. Do, do, do you like to role play? Um, Did she react to that? No, she doesn't. Huh. That, but like, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is, this is one of those things that like, and also like the, the cultural appropriation is just what this game is. Right. I was thinking about it's that. It's like a cultural bit. appropriation of the game, including like New York City. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, which seems very innocent, but it is very, like, very obviously uh, not woke the game. <laughs> right. There were there were a couple of sort of moments that I was wondering if, like, maybe they missed some opportunities. Like, uh, Melissa was playing a little bit, and she um, got the moon that was in sort of behind the um, service desk at the place where you buy outfits in the in oh, the yeah. desert town and she was like oh i wonder if i was only allowed back there because i was wearing the the outfit that they were wearing yeah, no. they and just no, didn't, they just don't notice they you. don't they don't notice and yeah and i feel like you know i guess they had already used like an outfit gated door yep. elsewhere in that level but but the outfit gated doors are always like even if you are already dressed up correctly for those they'll they'll call it out huh. you never just get past them because you happen to be dressed right and not know what it and, and not know what happened. I'm not super fond of spending. So, like you know, you want to collect in coins, mm-hmm. and having a counter of how many coins you've collected is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, if you want to spend some of those to buy an outfit, you no longer you have to either remember how much you spent or yeah, that's a weird thing. Like when you pick up a purple coin, it tells it, you it of, shows you two numbers. Yeah. Uh, it over your head, the character's head, it shows you the number of coins you've found in the world. And then in the HUD on the upper left, it shows you the number you currently are holding. Right. Which is like, yeah, could potentially really confusing. Cause if you're going for completion, it, it's like, well, I don't remember. Have I collected all of these or not? Cause like, <laughs> how much have I spent? Right. Yeah. That's, that seems like a weird choice. Oh, you can, you can pull up the lists. This game has three pause menus. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it will tell me. It will tell me how many I've collected. Yeah, yeah. Does, if you, if, what, does it mark? <laughs> does it mark places where those were before you got them? 
Yes. Yeah, it'll show you little there's ghost like, coins. There's ghost. And, there, that, and the, you keep you can keep collecting. That's actually really nice. You can collect you can collect ghost moons and ghost coins, uh, and the moons refill your health. Huh. Yep. Which yeah. is nice. It that is that that's one feature that I think isn't as well done as it could have been because there are definitely like, um, well, there are things in the world that signify you can get a moon here, and they don't always signify whether you've already got it. And you'll just have to, you'll redo it and you'll be like, oh yeah, I've already gotten this and one. And sometimes it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, as I was getting towards the end of the game, my process for finding moons changed. Like for the first like two thirds of the moons, probably I was just like wandering and collecting stuff as I found it. Um, and then for the last like two third or so of the, of, of the moons I've gotten, I used the hint system. Uh, and there are a couple of hint systems, one of which is just you talk to a parrot and the parrot will tell you the name of a moon in the level that you haven't gotten. And the, the names are like sometimes descriptive of where you find them and sometimes descriptive Usually. of where you where you of like how you get them once oh. you're in the area. OK, sure. Um, and the other hint system is you can pay 50 coins and Toad will tell you where one is. How does that work when if you do that? Uh it it pops up a marker on your map. Oh wow. But the marker um if if it's in a sub area, like if you uh have to go into like uh one of the mini games, it won't tell you where it is in the mini game, it just marks the location of the mini game. Jeez. Um and it also gives you no verticality information and Ooh, some right. of the levels are extremely vertical. And so like maybe if you can't find something you need to go underground where you are. Uh, or, or way up. Um, but like this combination of these two, these two s- separate sets of, um, I found it paced really well hmm. in terms of like, like feeling like it's just expensive enough that I'm not going to abuse this. Um, but also giving me enough information to like feel like I'm constantly making forward progress. I thought, I thought it was paced. I, I really have like, then this is a this is a problem with a lot of games where you're trying to collect a bunch of stuff, including Glitter Mitten Grove. Hmm. Like I thought, like, I never really quite nailed that down. Where like you, um, once you're trying to find the last couple of things, unless you don't have you probably unless there's some sort of hint system like showing you where you haven't gone yet, um, then you're you're just like looking over the entire map for something you've missed. Um, and I had some stuff in the, in Glittermitten Grove to try to like solve that problem, but it just didn't go far enough and Hmm. people didn't often understand what was happening. Um, but I think this, this hint system is just really like remarkably well done, remarkably well tuned. And, and some of that is just naming the moons, right? You know, it's just like choosing like vague enough, like like a level of abstraction in the moon names. Yeah, I I was pretty pleased. I've only ever I've only used the parrot so far, but it's definitely I've it's led me to a handful of them. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, so that's I we've probably been talking about this game for <laughs> half an hour. I'm guessing. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 an interesting sort of evolution of this series and. It's definitely, but it's also kind of a throwback to a version of the the game that came out in 1996. Wow, was Mario 64 96? Yeah, jeez. Yeah, it was. It was one of the like, 
it was it was actually kind of making an inter- makes an interesting um like in 1996 Quake came out and Tomb Raider came out and Mario 64 came out and these were like three different ways of handling the camera in 3D spaces. Right. And Quake was just like we're going to punt on it and you, the player like looks where they want. Um yeah, the camera and also controls. Right. Um and Tomb Raider was like I think a really interesting experiment that didn't work very well at all. Um and Mario 64 I think was like pointing the way forward but extremely unpolished. Well, and they like took it so far as to personify the camera. Yeah. Cuz they they I think it was they were so concerned about how it was going to be perceived or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a really weird thing and especially like halfway through the game you you've forgotten that the camera is a character and then you see it in a mirror. Right. <laughs> That's a yeah, what a weird game. <laughs> Um, I've, I've finished, uh, Breath of the Wild. Uh, I've got all the, the shrines and that's, that's a lot of shrines. Nice. It is a lot of shrines. It was, and it was kind of disappointing. The end kind of felt like a slog because I, I found, I think 116 of them naturally and then had to sort of, I was like, I have no idea where the last four are. And, uh, but, but the last, I don't know, dozen or two dozen were almost all like there's nothing there's no puzzle here it's just like this shrine is hard to find so we're just giving you the mm. the prize or a combat shrine i just by random chance ended up finding most of the combat shrines at the end oh. and so that was kind of disappointing cuz I, I i really enjoyed all the puzzly shrines yeah um and the, i guess the the handful of shrines that i had just missed were almost all extremely well hidden and that was kind of fun in figuring out cuz like all i did was look at a picture of like where the shrines were on the map and but okay, well I'll go find it. And sometimes that was still pretty challenging. Yes, because some some of those will be uh, ones where well the shrine is here, but the entrance to the cave where it is is yeah. over here. Yeah, yeah. Uh. And there's a puzzle to, puzzle to figure out where it is. Or this there's a tiny hole halfway up a cliff that you have to like yeah find and and blow open the door to. Were you using the the shrine beacon noise thing? I did, yeah. Yeah, okay. throughout most of the game, I had forgotten that that was the thing. Like I was, I had found like I don't know sixty or eighty shrines or something like that before I remembered that was a thing, and just like you turned it off right away. I turned it off right away because it's annoying as hell. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It really is. Uh, but then by the time I'm at like eighty shrines, then I'm like, okay, now I want to hear that thing because it means right. something's close by. And it's it, the range is surprisingly small. Mm. Like when you're actively looking for them, you're like, I yeah. I know one is nearby, and it's not going off. Like that's oh yeah, it's kind of impressive, and it doesn't ever go off on the ones that are like hidden behind a sort of challenge or puzzle or whatever. So that's that makes it uh, tricky in a different way. Um, I found like three hundred and. Some Korok seeds, I have no... I, are there like 700 of those? Did I like really find I want to say it's like 900. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be 900. Okay, so like I found a third of that. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah. Well, you, I, I think the Korok seeds are like a clear-cut case of you're not supposed to find yeah. all these. Oh, absolutely. There is well, a... Like the, sure, fact, that, the but, fact that there are exactly 900, I would say, was a mistake because that implies you're supposed to find them all. Like... Uh, have you... Did you get the DLC? I did not. There's a there's a mask you can get in the DLC that's like a Korok face mask that if you're if you're near one it rattles. <laughs> okay. Interesting. 
Yeah, I am. Con- like, I am concerned. I'm not concerned. I'm confused as to how there could be twice again as many as I have found. Right, in the world. because I was. It's already pretty. Like, yeah, just going. I found you know about the same proportion of them, I guess, and and they're they're thick. Like the map you, ends up covered with those little leaves. Yeah. So where did they where where did they put? <laughs> Do you think there was just a class of puzzle that you very there possibly. was at the very. At the very end of the game, there was a, a different kind of puzzle or a different kind of interaction that was like, I've never seen this before. And I was like, holy shit, I'm like a hundred hours into this game. Yeah, and this yeah. is the first time I've seen this. Like, oh, yeah. I, what the fuck? I was like 700 moons into Mario Odyssey where I found a huge secret area that was just like really like with a, with a new kind of interaction oh, neat. with the game. Like that was really special. Um. That 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 game giveth. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, I, I love you know being super deep into a game and suddenly realizing there's m- like considerably more to it than I thought. Yeah. Yep. Ah, man, I, I I really like Breath of the Wild. I yeah. super, it's, it's fantastic. Super super well done. That was that was my first favorite game this year. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, the story like. Yeah, it's a Zelda story. I, I just, as Zelda yeah. stories go, I really liked it. It was but, fine, you yeah, know. It, it was, was like it did some interesting stuff, but like, I don't, I don't, I wonder if anybody played that game for the story. Yeah, the the DLC is like supposed to be a story expansion, which I am like curious about. But the new story is not what I want out of that game. Mm-hmm. You know, right. what I want is new map. Um. Uh, they haven't said anything about Mario Odyssey DLC, but I've got my fingers crossed because there was um, an area from Mario Sunshine in the promotional material for that game that did not end up in the final game. Hmm. So I'm hoping there's like they're going to finish some of that stuff up, add some new worlds. That would be exciting. Hmm. But then, then the moon count would go over 999 <laughs> and break everything. They could, you could collect suns instead of moons. You already, there's, like, the the Mario definitely has precedent for collecting different shapes of stuff. Yeah. And there's a little bit of, like, really subtly implied backstory for, that is sort of explaining, not explaining, but, like, hinting at, like, there's a, there's, there's something to that here. Huh. Like, that, that they're all, like, the same class of item, just shaped differently for some reason. I remember, I guess in the desert world, uh, there was the first time that I interacted with finding like fragments of a moon. And oh, I was yeah. like, what the hell? Like you, 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 can't, you haven't put enough of these moons around in the world where <laughs> now you have to, you're breaking up an individual moon into five parts so that I have to find yeah, five like pieces. Yeah, like having a, like the, the gradation of like importance of, of collectibles is something that like is, is weirdly, I mean, so they don't have any one-ups in this game. They don't have a life system. Right. Which is some, like, I'm convinced that the only reason they had one ups or they had lives and game overs in the Galaxy series is that if they didn't, they wouldn't have any mushrooms. There'd be no <laughs> reason to get mushrooms. Um, and that would be kind of sad. Like, uh, I would miss, miss the mushrooms. There's a Mario staple. Um, and they just don't have them at all in this game, even though in the Mario Galaxy series, 
and I had forgotten about this when I had first made this observation, the Mario Galaxy series has a power-up mushroom, which is the thing that, like, takes you from three hit points to six. Yeah, so this, this it, has that. This has that, but it's a heart. Right. Hmm. You pick up a heart. It's, it, they could have they could have fucking had a mushroom in this game, and they didn't. And instead, what they have is little, like, there are mushrooms occasionally that you find, like, on the ground as scenery, and you can run up to them. They don't – and I, I'm saying this, like, as if you might be fooled, but you're not fooled. <laughs> They're clearly scenery. But you run up to them, and instead of picking them up, you kick them, and they bounce around. Um. So, like, somebody was aware that there were there should be mushrooms in this game. <laughs> but, like, it, yeah, Mario Galaxy had, like, there was the coin, and then there was the star bit, and the coins are more important than the star bits because they give you health, and then the one-ups are more important than the coin because they give you extra lives, and then the, the stars are more important than the one-ups because those are the major collectible... And then they also had, like, the star shards or whatever you call them that are just, like, get five of these to get a star. Like, they totally could have, if they wanted to just have star inflation, each of those could have been a separate star. Right. I don't know. It's it's a it's a game about getting to places on a map anyway. So... So it's, it's just sort of a how do they motivate you? Like, what is the most interesting motivation... To get from point A to point B. Yeah. Or most interesting, like, compromised with, you know, what expensive to produce. I Because had... they could have put a podcast <laughs> in place of every moon. That would have been thrilling for you. I, I would have loved, I, uh, like, legit would fucking play the shit out of a Mario game where, like, the developers, like, recorded a podcast every week of development and you just unlock each of them as you go. Oh, oh man. Like, talking about... Instead of collecting moons, you're collecting audio logs. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, I made a game where you collect audio logs. <laughs> like, I actually, I fucking made that game where <laughs> audio logs are the reward for the major collectible in the game. Uh, I forgot. Like, that. I, I don't know. I, not like I forgot. I just didn't make the connection right. until now. That's because you love podcasts. Yeah. What, uh, what have you been playing, Ruff? Uh, nothing really of note. Uh, that Kingdom Death board game has really eaten into my video game time. Uh, oh yeah, I uh, I played a little bit of um, the first two WarioWare games, uh, the WarioWare Micro Games and WarioWare Twisted, just because they're real nice, like five minute break games. Twisted is the one with the gyro in it, yeah. like the the tilt controller. Yep. What's what platform are you playing that on? Uh, I'm playing that one on the uh, the original wide format GBA, and I'm playing. Does that even work? Like, because the, the cartridge slot is on the other side for the GBA SP and the DS, right? Uh, like, does yeah. that even work on those? You know, I don't know. I hadn't. I did not actually try it on one of those. I'm playing the first WarioWare on an on an SP, mm -hmm. and I uh, and the other one on the. The other, I don't, I don't even know what they call that format of. I think just the Game Boy Advance. Game Boy Advance, yeah. The the one without the backlight. Yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting question. I don't know if that would work or not. But yeah, they're, How are they? those are they're yeah they're good they're fun. I was inspired to pick them up because uh, Gary and Cole's uh, panel at um, Retro Games Expo this year was about WarioWare games. 
and I'd never really oh, cool. played them. So I was like, yeah, those those sound real good. They sold me real good on them. So I I yeah. bought a copy of the yeah. first two and been playing them. Yeah, I've played a few WarioWare games and like they're 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 powerful. Yeah, it's a lot like um if I I, I guess I I shouldn't I, I should reverse the causality on this, but I was gonna say they're a lot like NES Remix. Mm, yeah, no, yeah, they're the like. 0.5 version of NES Remix, yeah. Because there's, yeah. there's like a character in them whose who's deal, his microgames are all basically oh, right. proto-NES yeah. Remix games. Yeah. But yeah, that, and I played a little bit of uh, Million Onion Hotel, which is weird, but we can, this is a super long episode already, so we can save that one until next week, because I will, okay. I will almost sure, sure. certainly oh, yeah, continue to, to play more of that. Yeah. The assignment, which was, um, Doki Doki Literature Club. Yeah. And anybody, I don't know, are, how, how deep are we going to go into talking about this? Do we need to spoiler let's, warn people? Yeah, I think it, have, we should definitely, let's have spoiler warnings. Okay. I think we, because we need to talk about, I think yeah, in order yeah. to talk about it at all in a meaningful way, you need to spoil some of it. So if, if you don't want to be spoiled on this, uh, just, just probably skip the just rest of the podcast. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the just, rest I mean, the assignment is Nova 111 for next week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you haven't played it and and unless you are just super against anime, you really have no reason not to play it because it's it's free and it's like three hours long, and and there there's a there's a content warning at the beginnings which is which is uh uh not uh not a gag like that that content warning is seriously yeah, it's true a, it's legit yeah it's yeah. legit so if the, but if that content warning doesn't scare you away then go ahead and play that and and make sure make sure if there is any chance you're going to play this game that you do so before you hear anything else about it yeah so this game starts out for like two hours it's a long time yeah it takes a yeah. long time to twist it, it it's for like two hours. It's just a visual novel, and it's a visual novel in the classic sense where this is like there are three girls who are flirting with the protagonist for two hours. Basically, is what yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd never I'd never actually played. I'd played Save the Date, which I think this game is pretty inspired me a by. Lot of that, yeah. Um, and Save the Date notably is like a tenth of the length, so maybe play yeah. that first or instead. <laughs> um, but I hadn't really played. A game like this, yeah. No, I played I, a I little bit like, of like Hatoful boyfriend. Yeah, is, is which is another of, like yeah, satire another of that satire sort of thing. Of it, yeah, but like this game plays it straight for a couple of hours, and I hadn't realized like I it actually was like I I, I got it for the first time. Like I got like why people like this stuff because. It's, it's like a wish fulfillment. Yeah. yeah. It's like as as someone I've never been like flirted with basically ever in my life <laughs> that I was aware of. I should specify sure. that. Like I bet it's happened and I would I was oblivious. Um and now that I'm married it never will. <laughs> um uh and so like I I kind of like oh this is this is like kind of feeling something in my in my belly here (laughs) um and then it so like when when the turn came it actually hit me like 
harder than I expected that it would because I did actually I was actually enjoying the game on on face yeah, value. Yeah, same. I I I it took me a while before I started to get into it because it's yeah, like you I've I've never really played any of those sorts of games. I mean, I've played visual novels, but the ones that I've played are like like your Danganronpas and your your uh, um uh Steins Gates and and things that that are not dating sims. Um, yeah. This this is like the first real dating sim I've played other than, you know, a little bit of the one about pigeons. So right. So so at, at first I was like, "Eh," but then as it kept going, I started to kind of like these characters and and yep. and kind of forgot about uh, forgot about the fact that something bad was going to happen a little ways down the <laughs> line because you know something's going to happen because of the content warning. Right. But but that I wonder if maybe that's not why it takes so long to build up so that you have time to forget. Yeah. That like there, when that I there's something is is when I when I complain about bad. how how long this game is and how much text there is in it, that's like without me actually knowing whether it could they could even make this game be the game it is without that much text in it. Right. They, I, I thought about it too. And I like, they really did need to lay a groundwork mm-hmm. to have sort of things that you could, they could play off of yep. and condense into more bite-sized chunks as things sort of just spiral out of control. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, it, I, it, I, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Well, I was just I wasn't I was not expecting the 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 ways I was expecting like half of maybe the ways that it went mm-hmm. off the rails. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, oh, yeah, that was definitely yeah. It's, I commented to somebody on, either on Slack or on Twitter about how like when things started to go wrong, I was like, okay, okay, I see where this is going. I know what the twist is now, and that twist did happen, but then it kept twisting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. what? Yeah, yeah. It, it goes interesting. Pla- so the way this starts out is that you're, you're, it's a, it's a basically a dating sim where like your best. This is this is where the spoilers start. Yeah, your best friend ends up killing herself, and um, there's no way to change that. I, I don't think I there don't is. Think Although so. I remember reading that like if you try real hard, you get a bonus ending, even though she still dies. Okay. It's it's yeah, like a, I, a, an ending acknowledging that you tried real hard. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then like the game ends and you start a new game like in save the date. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. Except like well, I tried that to reload. A, just, I tried to reload a save. Right. And that's and, one of the ways you try real hard. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Uh. And it it just it said it was corrupted and okay yeah. yeah so it doesn't it doesn't let you reload the save which is interesting because they even broke the fourth wall mm-hmm. at one point earlier in the game to say you should really save before important choice yeah. points because there yeah. there I think you up to a point you can reload that Actually save reload. it's just there's a point of no return that it doesn't tell you in advance about okay yeah and and the yeah. it's it it does the the really interesting and and like my first major surprise clue in that that there's more going on here than i expected was that uh when she kills herself it gives you an error message referring to one of the game files and you can actually go into the your your direct your directories and 
open up like the the application package if you're on Mac or just the directory if you're on Windows and find the file that it's referring to in there and it's got like code comments in it of of like a uh, uh, one of the other characters that you don't you don't know what's going on at this point in the game saying basically like whoops well I guess I'm going to delete go ahead and delete that character then <laughs> and and then if you it also has a directory of all the character files and if you go at that point look in that directory there's no file for that character anymore yeah and those files <laughs> like those files i was actually investigating those like each one of them they all have the extension chr but they're each different kinds of files like two of them are pings huh. ping images really um one of which has uh like a bunch of binary data in the middle that uh is is pat like if you look at it you can see patterns of like eight bits wide and it, so it's it's it turns out to be ASCII in ASCII encoded in an ASCII encoded string. Um what and what is the string? I, I forget. Um just like, like like little baby arg kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah there's like one of them is some in, of that in this. Like like Yeah. I, well I think this is this is what we're talking about. Like yeah. one of them was turned out to be an Og Vorbis file. Yeah. Which if you play it, it doesn't sound like anything, but then I opened it up in Audition and looked at the um at the um Waveform? Not the waveform, but the spectrogram? the spectrogram, yes. And that was a QR code, and if you scan the <laughs> QR code, it takes you to a website, which is another like lore dump okay and like i I think um one of the the other one was a basic 64 encoded string that decodes to something these all end up being like like text files Mm -hmm. okay none of which i read because i didn't care about the you just wanted to get to the cared about the the puzzle sure Um, that's funny yeah so here's here's a question if you it if you on your first playthrough you go in and you delete a character file mid-game yeah, I don't know. I, what would, I, I, I would it react heard to that? that like, I, I've heard like those, that if you well, okay, so maybe we need to explain the plot a little further yeah, so that yeah. makes sense. What what is happening is that uh the the fourth character in the game, uh Monica, who who The one you can't date. The, yeah, the one you can't directly interact with because of like, I don't know, just circumstances prevent it. Uh well it's because you can't pick the poem words that she would like best. Right. right. Which is I guess kind of like a an artificial prevention. Like, why can't you? But I'm the because the game wouldn't make any sense she's out of you your could. league. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. There you go. But it turns out that Monica is aware of the fact that she's in a video game, and in the her desire to be the one the character who ends up with you. But but you the player, not you, you the protagonist. You the player, right. yeah. She she <laughs> she's not interested in the protagonist character. She's interested in the person playing the game, and in it in it, her attempt to score with you is messing with the minds of the other characters to drive them crazier and crazier, so that you won't like them. Right, and and it ends with you like. She, with her eventually just destroying the entire rest of the game so that there's nothing in the game anymore except 
like just her face looking at you <laughs> and talking right. to you. And at this point, the only way to, to win and make further progress is to go back into the game directory and delete her character file. <laughs> at, right. at which point you get a new game plus with like some more resolution. But, uh, yeah, but it's, it basically restarts the game without her without, as a character. Yeah. In it, without her in it. So that everybody's which is fine super again. Weird. Which is, oh, it's so crazy. It's so good. It's good. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah. And apparently you can, there are some things you can do like on a, on a fresh new install of the game, you can delete her character immediately. And that, that has some different repercussions. Like you get a slightly different, yeah. uh, non-standard That's- ending. I'm really curious about the, like, the way you can interact with, because, like, at any point, like, the, that directory full of those characters is just a way for you to interact with the game. Those aren't yeah. actually data files. Right. Right. Um, and so, theoretically, you could touch those files at any point and the game yeah. could react yeah. at any point. And I don't know if it's smart enough to. Uh, uh, I've, I've heard that there's, like, there's, I don't know all the details of, of how many Easter eggs there are in this game, but there are apparently a fair number of different things that you can, that it will notice that you've done and respond to. Like apparently yeah. that last scene with Monica, uh, the game will know if you're streaming it. Yeah. And, and, Wait, she, what? and, yeah. She, and she will react to the fact that you've got an audience and do a jump oh, scare that's... on you. <sighs> Creepy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yep. it is. Uh, that was something that I wanted to do in Glittermitten Grove and just never got around to. How do you detect that the game is being streamed? So, well, what I would do is I would just look for OBS in the process list, OBS or XSplit, okay. which are the two most common streaming software. And, like, maybe that would just tell you whether you're running it and maybe you're not actually streaming. Right. Um. Jesus. Yeah. I, I had also talked about, like, is there some way that you can... I was talking to Craig about this. Is there some way you can like send one um, one video uh, stream to the to the <gasps> no. viewers and one to the player? Oh, oh my god! Dude. Wow, that would be a mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, your Twitter, your like your Twitter, your Twitch followers, like driving you crazy because they're yeah. talking about stuff that you're not seeing. Oh, yep. that'd be weird. Oh, yeah. that'd be good. That's exciting. That's an exciting <laughs> idea. And there, there are like a number of games. I think now the the one that um, that comes to mind is Choice Chamber uh, by Michael Monari. Um, uh, it's a platformer where um, the a bot joins your Twitch chat, <laughs> and the players will like vote on. Like very often, it's it's like very simple things like. They will vote on like a new platform to appear, at which point the previous one disappears, and you have to like, like your 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 Twitch fans have to like help you through the level by like voting on things. Oh, um, that's great. Uh, the the number of interactions, if I remember right, are a little bit disappointingly limited in that one. Um, but like the potential is really powerful. Like, and the 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 thing that like I think really holds it back is that there's a delay of like thirty seconds. Oh right. Yeah, the I'm curious whether that kind of thing is is what's going to let the lagless streaming services get a leg up. Oh yeah. Because there's a handful of those a- around now. I, I, I should look is. into those. That's cool. Yeah. One of the things that Twitch does now that I was really weirded out by, um, 
if you look at their uh, video on demand stuff, which is just like, here's a, someone streamed this and then saved it and you can watch it. They added a feature a while ago that saved the chat log as well. Right. So it'll play back chat in real time while you're uh, watching it. But now you can actually insert new messages into the chat log as it plays back. Okay. Which I guess just gets saved for when people in the future watch it. What? <laughs> wow, that's, yeah, what? Uh, that's like editing just, history. That's yeah, it, so strange. It, it is super weird. And it's one of those things where I, I, I imagine it calls out that this is something that was added after the fact. Oh, okay. Which is okay. why no one else is reacting to that it. That makes sense. If it, put, if it puts like an icon next to your name or something. Yeah, yeah. it's a super weird idea. Like... It, it it feels a little bit like like uh time travel paradox stuff where like yeah or actually, I mean I feel like this is a really a good way to leave messages for your terrorist cell or <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> it, it reminds me of did you either of you read um JJ Abrams S yeah so it I reminds me of like the marginalia notes in that the the idea of that book is it's a novel that um it's sort of two novels it's it's the printed novel that you're that you're reading but there's also a meta narrative happening where two fans of this novel are checking the book out of the library and leaving each other notes in the margins margins. okay and And also like letters inside and postcards and stuff and because because they're doing it over multiple cycles the any given message you see might be later in the timeline than a, than the ones next to it. So you kind of work out based on the colors of inks that are being used, where in time that particular note was. It's pretty interesting. That's cool. Yeah, it's a, it, I, I like the format. I did not feel like it really delivered on the promise of what it could have been. Of the, yeah, the story. Yeah, the story did kind of fall a little flat for me but it was a it was a really interesting experiment yeah it's like griffin and sabine taken to yeah yeah (laughs) next level um i so i'm not a big fan of like anime games or dating sims or whatever but this this worked for me yeah i i was i when when it hit the restart and i had to sit through like another 15 minutes of Basically, like they were playing it up like it's the same game again. Yeah, yeah. With just minor changes, and then I say minor, but like it's it, they made it obvious that um, yeah, glitch something's happening, things, but yeah. like there was a lot of duplicated text, and it was like I I I, I it, if this hadn't been a two week gap right between <laughs> podcasts, I wouldn't have played the oh, good part of the game. I just wouldn't have had the patience for it. There were too many moons redefined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I'm glad it was. Yeah, I oh, I was like tapping through text pretty quick yeah. for a while, and would there like I would tap past something that was like, wait a second, what was that? And I think yeah. that was probably intentional. Like like they specifically yeah. made it. They they definitely like don't always let you control the pacing of the text for effect. Yeah. 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 I need. I want to. I never I need... found. Oh, go ahead. I, I never got the skip button to do anything. <laughs> oh. I I eventually worked out that that how it works is it uh well I think 
it may not be useful in this game because of the way this game is structured. Oh, it's just a just a Renpy thing. In I general. think it's a Renpy thing. Yeah, where what the way it works is if it identifies that you've seen this not this text but this scene before, it uh, it, it turns the skip button on for you to use. Okay. Uh, but since, since you'd never, that never actually happens in this game. So it, it's just this weird, useless button. But yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to play through it again. Uh, I, uh, I went, uh, like entirely down the Yuri path on this one. So I don't know what Natsuki's deal was at all. So I'm, I'm kind of interested to play through again and see what she was likes manga. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You read manga together. It, it's it's dating sim stuff. Nah, but she's got some. She's 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 got a different uh, poetry style. Well, storyline is one <laughs> thing. Is she she's got. I guess I guess I I've heard I've heard that she's not crazy in the way that Yuri is, but she does have a different backstory or whatever that you don't find out about. If you if all you played was Yuri the first time through, right. so does it then give you if you, based on your very first poem does it give you a different person that interacts with you I th- in, a, in a significant way? I I believe the I I think it's different for each poem. Like as you the the yeah, words that's are the impression it, I got. it's scoring your poems towards each character based on the words you choose and then whichever character likes your poem the most, that's the character you interact with the most that day. I see. Okay. And I, and like in a, in a regular dating sim, that would be the character you eventually have sex with, presumably. Yeah. Presumably the the one that you voted for most. Yeah. If, if you, if you did the right things enough often to, score all the points you need with that character then right then you want to this game like right but in this game like the plot beats i don't think the i don't think it's tallying anything i think the plot beat that's going to happen just happens right yeah it it is a little weird that this is a genre of game that exists and is popular enough to make this. I thought so too until I was like, "Oh, I get it now." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was. I'm, I'm not gonna go play them. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, no. is it just it takes a way too much time? Is it just but a like, different male power fantasy? So, it, like, like there are all there's the, a bunch the of games where you sh- of, shoot of being lovable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was. It, I I felt weird about it because I as as cause Yuri gets. In, I don't know if you, how far you guys followed her path but she gets increasingly scary and i find my i found myself like sticking with her even though i knew it was bad because i felt (laughs) bad for her right right especially like in the reset timeline yeah 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 yeah. oh (laughs) it's bad one of my favorite moments was um or they they did this thing where like they're two characters that start arguing mm-hmm. and then the music changes to this goofy like yakety sax kind of a thing <laughs> like clown music mm-hmm. <laughs> um until like you break up the argument with by i guess picking which one of them is right i think yeah and in the 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 second iteration the two of them like 
they get really nasty yeah, to each it's, other. Yeah. It's like a whole order of magnitude more serious in that. Yeah. It's, a, it's amazing. Yeah. That was, that was really effective. The ways that, but it was the, the same they, clown music. Yeah. The ways that they like deconstruct what they have built up the first time I thought were generally very good. Yeah. They did, they did a really good job with that. Yeah. And, and they do things like, Things you wouldn't expect, like from establishing this is a game that shows you static images with text over them, mm-hmm. like then straying away from that with like animation, mm-hmm. yep. things like that. Um, unexpected audio. Right. Although like I played a bunch of this game without headphones on and I wonder if like I would just be unaware that anything was happening when, <laughs> when they started playing the audio. Did... um. Do you have any idea why it's a free game? Is this just not a game that you could you could charge for? I think it is. I think this is probably like a Frog Fractions type deal where like um, the the creator didn't think it was going to be a popular thing and just put it out there. Huh. Is my guess. It. I don't think it's a situation where like you can't charge for it because of IP IP rights. Although it could be. I I see. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure Renpy has a licensing scheme that lets you sell those games. Right, but like did it use any assets from other games? Oh. I don't know. I don't I yeah, there I There wasn't don't, anything I, don't, I didn't see anything obvious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned he used he used some of the stuff that comes with Renpy, but obviously that would be yeah. fine. This is like just a whole a whole genre of game that I have very little knowledge of, so I'm curious how this all works. <clears throat> I'm glad that we we played it though. Yeah. Yeah. At some point we gotta play like a sports game or just another yeah. like a, a whole other genre that we have. Yeah, or, that we've if we want to play a sports game, we could play um Pyre. I well, was, but I mean, I want like a, I want, I want like a FIFA or something. Like, oh yeah, we could play. I, don't, I, I know, could, I don't either. But we like, could I play. Think we should hold the kick, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, we could play. Um, uh, what was it? Shut up and jam, Gaiden. Oh yeah, yeah. Barkley, shut up and jam, Gaiden. Okay. Uh, I've been watching. Um, at co-working, like. Towards the end of the day, two of the people who come to co-working are, like, they will go off and, like, play Tecmo Super Bowl. Hmm. And that game looks solid, you know? It looks like a pretty good game if you're into that sort of thing, which I am personally not. But, like, they they seem to be enjoying themselves. Is that, like, just football? Yeah. American football? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Huh. I mean, Madden is super popular. FIFA's pretty popular. Yeah. If yeah, I'm trying to think of like, can you even play modern Madden? Is it like possible to, for like a person yeah. to pick one of those up and play it? Or do they just expect that you've been playing oh. it for 20 years and huh. like you have to have the history with it? Not like in terms of plot, but right. right. In terms of <laughs> <laughs> but like the control, like I, I do they I, do any tutorialization at all? I, I remember playing like I I was just it was 2007 or something I had just gotten an Xbox 360 and there was like a there was a Madden NFL 07 demo on the on on, on, on not XBLA but the Xbox store whatever you call it and I just downloaded it it was like oh, well I'll find out about Madden and it was just 
baffling. <laughs> it was just like this is this is what if you played NFL o- Madden NFL 06, you can play this to find out what they changed, I guess. Right. <laughs> but like I couldn't make heads or tails of anything that was going on. And I basically know how football works. Did it make you madden? <laughs> <laughs> I I did kind of get mad. I was like, "What? What? What is this shit? There's no, <laughs> there's no instructions at all. No, no, like, they don't do the thing. They don't have like a level one one where you <laughs> figure out what a goomba is. <laughs> How do I jump on the other football players' heads? <laughs> well, uh, we should probably thank our lovely Patreon backers. Who oh, do we have those? Just supported their our podcast like uh jim hamburger wheels Ooh. oh and he rides around on those delicious wheels oh, they're great there was <laughs> just it is does he have to worry about like people like running up behind him and eating the wheels while he's driving down the freeway Those rats Ooh, with, f- with fresh wheels maybe i don't know yeah. i think people are less and less likely to want them yeah, as the jim veggie burger wheels <laughs> yeah oh. Great. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, Jim. Thanks, Jim. Uh, we'll uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of this lovely podcast. Uh, and, and if we don't, then you aren't. <laughs> and if you are, then we then, have. Then we, we have. Cockaboo Belaya. <laughs> have a great week. Make a hamburger out of farts. <laughs> I'm Zach. Hey, I'm Damien. It's time for a supplemental segment to episode number 300 and whatever of Video Games Hot Dog. Did you have something to say, Damien? I'm sorry, we keep talking over each other because of the terrible lag. Yeah, we're in New Zealand, so uh, everything we say happens a lot of minutes oh, sorry, later. Go. Yeah, go ahead. No, no. what were you going to say? I was just... Oh, yes. So, so uh, we're in New Zealand at the moment, and it's um, beautiful here. Is it? I, I would say. There's a lot of sheeps and rolling hillsides. Yeah, the sheep I could take or leave. I mean, in a, in amalgamation, the sheep too are beautiful, but the rolling hillsides, man. Giant mountains. snow-capped mountains in the distance in oh. every direction. I think that, though, is because we are on top of a snow-capped mountain. Sunbeams and shit. Giant lakes. Big lakes. Big lakes with no boats in them. Yeah, there's this real weird absence of boats. Zach has a theory that they were sacrificed to, uh, what's his name? Uh, its name? Al Rocky. To Al Roker, who is an elder god of the region. They have various temples and, um, you know, like, uh, relics, and they just have all kinds of tributes to his eternal glory, uh, around the town. Yeah, this town, that. this town, which is. Tw- Ooh, whiskey. What is this town called? Twixel? Twixel. Twizzle. Twi- Twizzlers. T W I Z E L. Twitzel Twizel. Uh, it's laid out in like a weird pentagram. The streets are like in in a movie where you're bringing a vampire back to life by draining the blood of virgins into a pattern of grooves on the floor. These are the, the grooves. Yeah, the pattern yeah. of grooves look exactly like the streets here. Uh, the gutters have a kind of a rusty stain. There's a notable lack of sidewalks. But there's plenty of gutters, blood gutters. There's a there's a poster up that says "Trust Our Rocky," 
which I think is actually for some sort of corporate team building uh, retreat. The hand soap in our bathroom at our Airbnb here is called uh, Auraki Snow. Auraki's Fabled Breath. um, That's the hand dryer. So yeah, everybody's real friendly. There's a lot of knives on the wall in this Airbnb. Oh my god, it's the first thing you see when you come come in in the door and there's a big magnetic rack with a lot like a lot of knives. Like exceptionally pointy, sharp looking. Curved blades of obsidian. Uh, anyway, if this is the last you hear from us, uh, let this be our final testament. Sure. Talking about our trip and the video games we've played. Yeah, why not? Um, so yeah, we were here for PAX Australia, uh, where I uh, was working the West of Loathing booth with the incredibly generous assistance of... Uh, uh, video games hot dog slack uh, attendee Benny Nitro, uh, cool dude, and other cool dude Damon Reese, who recently won some sort of Games Week award for his work writing either an expansion to Hacknet or something else. I think that, that he wrote. Damon Reese got that award for having the name that was most similar to a sci-fi protagonist. Yeah, that's true. It's a kind of a Star Wars name. Damon Rees. I was thinking maybe like a Terminator sequel. Doesn't matter. It's You can tell you, it's you're from thinking a movie. Like he's Kyle Reese's brother. He, maybe? Is that a character? Kyle Reese? Yeah, he's like the guy in Terminator 1. That oh, gets he's sent, the guy. That gets sent back in time. Yeah, he's the human from the future. Reese. Yeah, oh, that's why I was thinking that. Great. Just pick apart my my shabby brain and leave it exposed yeah. for the data processing Look, I know what you're thinking. Obsolete data processing unit it has always been. We've been traveling together for too long now. I know what you're thinking. We're always finishing each other's beverages. Uh, speaking of which, we're having some uh, some Tasmanian whiskey. Oh shit, this is good. From Hellier's Road Distillery. Tasmanian single malt, single malt whiskey. Uh, um, slightly peated. Hey, I myself am slightly peated. That's why I'm having trouble reading this label. (laughs) Hey, whiskey distillery. When we pay full price for the, when Zach pays full price for the bottle, that's the kind of shout out you get. Imagine how Video Games Hot Dog would talk about you for a free case of this stuff. I know, this is going to be $9,000 a bottle in the U.S. Yeah. Once it's imported from Tasmania. So we, we did PAX Australia, which was great. I mean, it was fine. It was a video games conference convention thing, which okay. we've done a lot of, so we're kind of over it. Uh, Damien sold some merch. We're familiar with the process. I, I glad-handed. I, I smiled. You know, I shook hands. I kissed babies. I didn't actually kiss any babies. They don't allow babies in there. I didn't and shake any hands. If they did allow right. babies in there, they wouldn't allow me to kiss them. <laughs> uh, hey, it's a different country. Went to some industry parties, met some folks, had a, a tremendous amount of assistance from uh, from Nicholas McDonnell, uh, who I've talked about on the show in the past, but I've always referred to him as Nicholas McConnell because mm-hmm. I did not realize that his name was, in fact, McDonnell instead of McConnell. Either that or he leveled up, and the way that you level up as an Australian game developer <laughs> is they increment the third letter in your name. We've been talking a lot about um, the way you can tell whether someone has leveled up or not. Because there's a chain of TJ Hookers here, except it's not TJ Hooker. It's LJ Hookers. Yeah. So we were trying to figure out whether... Like he got demoted for being a bad policeman. Mm-hmm. Or no, you thought maybe a wraith. 
Oh, uh, right, right. He encountered a wraith and lost a few levels yeah. due to the due to the withering touch of the wraith. I just like that the leveling system is um, <laughs> denoted by alphabet. Yeah, letters. you have to have two letters in your name to be subject to this leveling system. And we still haven't figured out, is that 26 grades each with 26 clicks in it, or is that two completely different stats? Also, it's 26 clicks to our next point of interest in uh, New Zealand. We're we're fully uh, we're just embedded now. We think of everything in kilometers. So <laughs> I almost understood Celsius earlier this for, week, but I, I got past it. No, they said, "Oh, it's going to be beautiful." It's thirteen. Yeah, like <laughs> we don't even. So the gas stations. It took us a really long time mm. to figure out. So when it tells you how much gas costs on the big signs outside of a gas station It'll here, be like a hundred yeah, forty-seven point three, hundred forty-seven point three. Right. So we have no idea what what the units are on either side of that equation until we finally realized, oh, it's cents per liter. Mm, yeah. Uh, so. Which is, I mean, the mystery sort of evaporates once you actually have those two data points. Why isn't it dollars per liter? Because it's always a hundred and something. Yeah. I think that there's no good answer to that. The way we do it doesn't make any sense with one hundredths of one cent on the sign. Sure. The way they do it doesn't make any sense where it looks like everything costs 100 times as much as it does. I guess at least if it's like 130 cents per liter of gasoline, it probably, in recent memory, was less than 100 cents. So, uh, you know, if it's like 30 uh, cents per liter right. or whatever, you wouldn't do like 0.3, right. 0.3522 right. or whatever. I think, I think you've sussed out this. You know, it's the, it's the, it's the, little, it's the little differences. Burger King in Australia is called Hungry Jacks. It is. And I looked up why. It is because there was already something trademarked in Australia called Burger King. Mm-hmm. And so they were able to select from any of the trademarks that the shell corporation that owned Burger King already owned. So they named themselves after some, like, microwave pancakes from yeah, the 70s. Yeah. Hungry Jack. Hungry like a hungry Jack. Hungry. Uh, what else? It feels like we've been here forever, but it's only been a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's we've been we traveled a lot. We went we went to Adelaide. We flew to Tasmania, which was great. We bummed around on the the Great Ocean Road, um, and now we're in a whole new country just for a little while, looking at all the sheep we can we can view. There, you know, you joke about there being a lot of sheep here. Mm. There are a lot of sheep here. Yeah, there's plenty. I've definitely seen more sheep than human New Zealanders. I guess when the tourist season doesn't attract enough Americans, they do need something to sacrifice to Auraki. Auraki hungers, if we've learned anything about it in our short time in Twizzler. Do you think it's a he? Do you think Auraki exists in the context of what we consider gender? I think that Auraki... Encompasses what we think of as gender, so that it is um, at all points along what you might imagine to be a gender scale. It is traditional genders. It is new genders. It is like you know colors you've never smelled yet, like that kind of thing. If like, a, like, a, like a like a David Bowie kind. Yeah, of thing. it's a Alraki sort of like a huge slavering Bowie, and it's a sacred drool speckles your windshield. So Al Roker is the is the physical avatar, sort of a shaman of Al Rocky. But David Bowie is the emotional 
avatar <laughs> of Al Rocky. And him dying, I think, just indicates mm. Al Rocky having become slightly too hungry for his own comfort. It, it sort of it was awakening of part of Al Rocky Al Roker's consciousness. This is why Al Rocky is so excited when uh, somebody turns a hundred years old. It's because that makes their blood all the sweeter to his lord and master Al Rocky. I didn't yeah. know Al Roker was from New Zealand, though. I, maybe he just went to that same broadcast school that Dan Rather went to that makes everybody sound like Dan Rather so that so that middle America will trust you, but coastal elite America won't mistrust you. He sounded like, originally, like he came from the Canada of Australia, but he didn't. He came from the, you know, nether regions of Al Rocky's imagination. Uh, but he did have a New Zealand accent. Um, but then he grew so fat that you couldn't hear it anymore. Um. Now, since he got the lap band surgery, it's starting to kind of come out. Oh, a little bit. Huh. He throws so you cranky think, in there. You think his stuff. waddle, his waddles slowed down the weird vowel constriction yes. that New Zealanders have. It's hard to get a weird vowel through a waddle. They just they come out sounding. Yeah, I think that's a that's a uh, idiom from the Bible, right? <laughs> it's as hard to get a weird vowel through a waddle as it is to get a camel through the eye of a needle. So that's you're right. You're right in the ballpark of it. That's a bit more or less what it's uh, like. And the ballpark is a cricket park for some weird reason. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's that weird a reason it's, that was the sport that was popular. Yeah. We went on a, we went on a, like a brewery tour mm, mm-hmm. uh, where a bro drove yeah. us and four old racist men, <laughs> uh, <to> four <laughs> more old racist men. It's uh, funny. I feel like they were probably on the liberal end of Australian yeah, politics. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think they're, just, they're people who agreed with us about probably 90% of yeah. everything. But they kept but saying also just, racist stuff yeah, every just, so often. <laughs> just occasional just racist yeah. suffering for no reason at all. No reason. Just being old Australian dudes. They were all, uh, I don't know, what would you, would the Australians call them tradies? They were so well established in life. But one of them was like one an them, architect or a contractor. Yeah, one of them was a contractor and still is. One of them was a landscaper, but I think in the sense of like running a landscaping company. Mm-hmm. One of them still manufactures dentures. Yeah, a denturist. An artisanal den- denture indenturator. And I forget, the fourth guy might have just been a professional homophobe. <laughs> one of them had retired recently from a, a post office. Something. Anyway... What are you playing on your video games lately? Well, we don't have... I mean... Look. Look. The listeners of Video Games Hot Dog don't give a fuck about video games, Uh, Daniel. Did you get to play anything at PAX? Not even once. But, feeling the burn from uh, not playing any video games at PAX... A burn I've felt now 28 times. Every time I go... Have you played 28 PAXs? Yeah, I think so. Maybe 29. 28 that is or 29. fucking crazy. That's a lot. Um, I mean, you played the first one. Yeah. I, I saw you at the first PAX. 2004. Yeah. Before we'd ever met. I know. Yeah. Um, and only 400 people fit in that auditorium. But you filled it up, buddy. I think they were also having a talk later about hit points or something. <laughs> they had they had Gary Gygax, the inventor of hit points, mm-hmm. come in to talk about hit mm-hmm. points for a minute. Before and after, so really, I was playing to a baked-in crowd, but... um, In a baked crowd, am I bowl. right? Because it was in Seattle, oh. am I right? No, it was in Seattle in 2004. Yeah. Yeah. There was no weed there. Not yet. They hadn't brought it... It, it hadn't moved to the Americas yet from its yeah. home continent <laughs> of wherever weed comes from. 
Uh, I don't know. Where were the... There's that probably apocryphal story about assassins being like Arabs who were gotten... They got them real baked and had a bunch of women have sex with them and fed them delicious food. And they said, all right, that's afterlife. You should go kill everybody for us and then you'll get to go there again. Oh, like trick them into thinking that they had flatlinered and yeah, experienced said, heaven. Th- so what they did in the in the, in the like 1300s or whenever this was, they they would get people really baked, get them laid, give them really good fruits, and then say, <laughs> "Okay, so what we just did was like, have you seen flatliners? It was that. <laughs> it was you were just like exactly like in flatliners. We flatliners. We flatliners do you, and so that's what it's going to be like when you die if you do everything we say." And then not a single one of them said, well, but wait a minute. I never did anything that you said before now, and that's what happened when I died. Why don't I just go do whatever the fuck I want? No. I in fact, no. why yeah, don't I, I... There was a pre... I had a free... I had a freebie. I had a coupon. In fact, why don't I just go get real stoned again, and then see if state-dependent learning allows me to find those women and fruits <laughs> and hang out with them. <laughs> hang out with and fuck, irrespectively, them again. Because this was the, the one guy that got really confused. Yeah. I tasted of the women... Stuck my dick in a fig. I'm basically in heaven right now. I I won't kill for you. Except for the one guy who picked a fig that had a wasp in it. Which, that guy's like, what? No way. I'm never doing anything that you say again. It's true. Although that wasp fig, man. You don't want to eat that or fuck it. Let me get right down to it. Um, I'm almost out of your extremely yummy Tasmanian whiskey. Yeah, something about doing a podcast. Makes me drink. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I I played one video game Ooh. at PAX uh, because uh, because uh, one one or the other of, of Damon or Benny I don't remember exactly which uh, spelled me at the booth for long enough to go wait in line to pay, to play Winter's Wake, uh, which is a game that a lot of people saw on Twitter because the booth was very clever. Uh, all of the marketing materials for this are just descriptions from a text adventure. They say, you see a booth. The game at it looks cool. Yeah. You decide to stop and play it. And the developer was wearing a shirt. <clears throat> and if you're they not- said, you see a game developer. He looks tired but eager to speak to you about his game. It was a... <clears throat> it's a first-person text adventure. So you move like, around with a mouse? You don't really move around. You, so you look around with the mouse? You look around with the mouse. You have a compass at the top of the screen... And a and and like an azimuth indicator on the right side of the screen to show whether you're looking up or looking down or so, looking so you straight just flip across. Between like court cardinal directions. No, it's it's very analog. Like you move you move as Do though the words move around like you're in they, the matrix. They don't. There are I asked him how this works on the back end. There are just you just define a three D space with rectangles in it mm-hmm. of like interactable objects, and when you are secretly when your invisible first-person collider is is secretly looking at one of those rectangles, it just gives you the description of the thing that you're looking at. But the text is just a feed. The text is just... It's, it's always not, in the same place. It's always in the same spot, yeah. It's like you look around, and there are some there are some subtle things that happen with, like, color gradients that fade between you looking at different mm. spots and stuff like that, that that's pretty cool. And do you have, like, environmental, a rect- rect- rectumcule? You do not have a rectumcule. Um, cool. you, all you have cool is rectum. a, you just have a cool rectum, but you bring that with you. That's, yeah. uh, the, the, the player Permanent is inventory, B-Y- BYOCR, it says, bring your own cool rectum. So you, you don't have that, game. like, how do you tell, how do you not, how are you not just lost in the dark with no way to orient? Well, you know, the compass has 
bearings oh, for, compass. yeah, there's a right, compass, right, right. there's a compass that's like, you know, got like north and south and it's also very friendly. It'll, it'll tell you like when you're, you're in a forest to, you know, to the west, you see an old fort and then you swing the mouse to the left until it says old, old fort. fort. This is the entrance to an old fort. It is right. made of bricks and cool rocks. I'm Do you want sold to? already. And then you can like right click to interact, which does something or no, you can left click to interact at times when you're given the prompt to do so. And so like one of the things that there's like a very simple puzzle that you have to solve to begin with, like you cannot, your leg is hurt, so you can't walk. And so you have to look around until you finally look down at the ground and find a stick and you pick up the stick and it's like, this will make a good walking stick. And then you are allowed to interact with the path to the north, which then moves you to the next room. I want to, I want to play this first person text adventure. It's called Winter's Wake and it's, it's real cool. The, the developer is, if I had to guess, I would say that he is in his late forties, has a day job, makes games just kind of for fun. Hmm. Everyone at PAX was extremely excited about this. A lot of people were writing about it. I think this is a thing that would like get a lot of press <clears throat> when it came out. Yeah. Uh, but he's like, yeah, I'm only selling it on itch. Like he just has no, he has no interest in selling it on Steam. That is something called Itch that you're supposed to install. No, you don't install it. It's just a website. It's, it's real called good. Itch. You're supposed to visit on the web. It's really good. It's it's actually called Itchio. It's uh-huh. itch.io, and you uh-huh. go there and they insert crabs into your penis. I'm grossed out. I don't like oh, it. Oh, I forgot to make the joke about how. Neil Gaiman was really angry at us the whole time we were in Tasmania because, because we were using Amanda Palmer's map to navigate uh, yes. uh, between different things. I didn't know about that song until you told me about it um, while I was trying to color in a map of Tasmania. I mean, it at the kids, the kids, you know, it like everything Amanda Palmer does table. is fine. You don't like her? I like her. <sighs> I like Amanda I don't, Palmer. I don't dislike I don't dislike Amanda Palmer, but I'm not as enchanted. Uh, oh. I'm not as enchanted. Well, you don't got it. You don't got to be enchanted. You know, some people. Th- this is let's. Let, I don't want to get into politics here. All right. I feel like there are some people who are just constantly walking around with both of their middle fingers extended in every direction. You mean like every punk rocker who ever lived? Yeah, and like that's fine, yeah. but it doesn't. It doesn't make me like you. You're not impressed. Is what you're yeah, yeah. That's and so, fair. like, I mean, if you if you rely yeah, on that, if yeah. you rely on that for a big part of your shtick, <laughs> I think that coin-operated boy song is good. I I think a lot of her songs are great, um, and I like her style and her general attitude. I also have a, war- a warm feeling towards her because we were uh, at the same college at the same time. I see, and so I feel like proud of her for succeeding, though I contributed to it in no way. I think Kevin, who you might know from Video Games Hot Dog, was like an acquaintance of hers from when she was working at a coffee shop that he used to, to oh, in drink, Boston. drink coffee at in Boston. Yeah. I, like, I have a tremendous amount of respect for her career. I have a tremendous amount of respect for the way that she like uses the internet to be successful. Yeah. Uh, but I just like her output. Like, I like... I, I, like saw, the... I saw her do a cover of a Neutral Milk Hotel song once okay. that was really, really bad. And uh, it was a, it was a yeah, really, okay. really bad cover of a song that I like a lot. And it was like, ugh, God, I don't like you forever now. Yeah. And that's dumb and I need to get over it. But As a musician with an with an ever-bloating body of work. As a musician with a huge pubic bush. 
of my own. I try to keep that shit tamed. It's a mess right now. You have a you have a map of Tasmania, but it has a giant barge <laughs> pointed at Antarctica. I have a map of Tasmania. Jumping from the bottom of it. If some really severe earthquakes caused a map of Florida to spring from the midst of it. <laughs> um, I'm being overly generous in describing my project. Okay. A map of Florida and two maps of Madagascar. <laughs> yes, and a couple, throw a couple Madagascars in there. Why not? The, the earthquake in question revealed Madagascar to have been two layers of Gascar at the time. One was bumped off of the other, and now they're side by side. Anyway. Madagascar and the shittier version, Cracktagascar. Cracktagascar. Where yeah. are we? <laughs> so, we're, we're as, as, a we're musician, as close as we've ever been to Antarctica. That's where we are. That's true. As a musician, I was going to say, you have to, oh, you, you have to forgive Hold on, everybody. Musician talking Musician talking. Here. You have to forgive yourself for having occasional missteps. Yeah, I know. And I in the age of the internet, like, of every, mis- every misstep gets fucking recorded for posterity, and the one person that is going to upset the most is going to see it. Yeah, and get it tattooed on their fucking hate machine. Is that what happened? Did I, did I tattoo Amanda I Palmer's cover of Two-Headed Boy but somebody's gonna. on my hate machine? Somebody, I somebody I had a hate machine. A, oh, we all have a little hate machine chugging away inside. Oh. Is it a pretty it's, one? It's made of flesh. I don't know. You never see it. Um, it's just in there. Where is it relative to Tasmania? <laughs> um, it's, it, it, maybe it moves around. It's wherever glands tend to congregate. I don't know. What? Just don't squeeze it too hard. So your fine. mom's house? Hello. Oh, kaboom! Kaboom. Kaboom. Yeah. As a, they say. As the, as as people commonly intone with meaning. See, we've part. already started to we've already started to pick up all the slang of. Yeah. So here's something. Uh, whenever whenever uh, someone greets you in Australia or New Zealand, they say, "How are you going?" Yeah. They don't say, "How are you doing?" or no. "How's it going?" Nope. Both of those phrases mystify them. Whereas, how you going, perfectly normal. Uh, the the racist old men <laughs> referred to... They a, weren't the most racist old men I've ever met, but they did No, they were neither they the old... saying They were neither things. the oldest nor the most... Ra- yeah, no, uh, they, were, they were fine. It they were fine, fine for the most part. Fine for the most part to hang out with them, but no. they were kind of racist. No. Uh, but those guys... They, they, were, they repeatedly referred to things as specky. They thought everything which I, was specky. Which I took to just be a shortening of spectacular. That's definitely what In the way that... Brecky is referred to as brectacular, the morning meal. <laughs> the morning, the morning brectacular is is shortened to brecky here. Uh, well, there, but also here probably. This being the Canada of Australia, it's basically the same. Except yeah, a little except nicer. They, they put gravy on the French fries. A little smaller, gra- more gravy on the fries. Um, colder? Probably not. More mountainous. Um. Yeah, definitely colder overall. Australia's real flat. Real flat, a lot of desert in the middle. Haven't gone to that part. They say yeah, we didn't, we didn't go to it. Yeah, they say there's nothing there except poisonous spiders and, I mean, the indigenous population of the continent. Some, a few of them. Fuck them. Apparently. So, New Zealand, I don't know any of the details on this, I probably shouldn't speak on it, but I think New Zealand and its First Nations reached a legal accord that involved some kind of actual land and power repatriation. Were the Maori in New Zealand? There's a lot of stuff about Maori here. I think so, yeah. I okay. think that's the I think that's the original locals. I'm not sure. 
I know that I don't uh, know anything about this part of the world. I, just I know that uh, Brett from Flight of the Concords, as the pretty prince of parties, considers himself to be the Mickey Mowry minstrel. And uh, whoever that song that is part Irish, directed part to, I guess, yeah, I don't know what Mickey means Mickey, in that. Mickey means an Irishman, in my well, understanding. Sure, in your in your insulting, uh, mildly racist racial slur term. Yeah. yeah, I learned all of the racial slurs for everyone who emigrated to the United States uh, in the in the like uh, sort of early part of the twentieth century, as part of my high school history class. We Did were, you? Yeah, we were taught all of the racial slurs. Oh by the racist old man who taught American history that's so, in my... That's so helpful for our current <laughs> era. Arizona town. For our current yeah. United States political climate. That's yeah. great. That's yeah, very you useful. know, like, if, if, uh, if, there's a, if there's a rally in protest of all the, all the Dagos coming and taking all of our restaurateur jobs, I'll know what they mean. <laughs> yeah, WAPs. Without papers. Yeah, they are without papers. Yeah. That can, re- that can refer to literally any immigrant who does not have enough documentation. Or, and, or any student it, with a particularly mischievous dog. <laughs> That's better. But but what it really means is a, a filthy Italian man. Or someone with a lot of dank nugs and no way to fashion a joint <laughs> from them. Yeah, also known as an apple carver. That's another disparaging term for an Italian... Another issue you have here is that there is not a Gideon Bible in every drawer of every hotel room. So I like that. if you do have dank nugs and nothing to roll them up and smoke them oh. out of, you can't even rely on the you can't even rely on the goodwill of the Gideons. Well, now I dislike them. to take you to heaven. Before I had been enjoying. The and when you get back from heaven, you have to kill everyone the Sultan says for you to kill. So I'm always depressed at packs that I'm not out there playing video games all weekend instead of meeting my charming and kindly fans, which is what I sit and do, and which is much more rewarding than playing some games that I could just play at home. And yet still, my fear of missing out manifests You're such a millennial. my flesh. You're such a millennial with I your know. FOMO and your avocado <laughs> toast. My, oh, I had some avocado toast. Yeah, that you, you won't stop. Rocking that every couple You won't days. stop having avocado toast. Look, it's that or a house, and I can't People afford a house. in Australia believe that Australia originated that meme... Ah, that's right, an Australian And they are that. surprised to find out that we were even aware even of, it of it as yeah. a meme. Yeah. I, I thought it was from some dumb article somebody wrote. It was probably cribbed from the Australians. Might have been. Just it's like, like you everything. Would, no, it's not like you would write down the attribution on that. Um, so, because of that FOMO, sometimes it packs, I will whip out my Microsoft Surface Pro 3. And look at the Steam sale, and I did that, and they were selling inside for like fifty cents. So I got that, and I've played now the first fourteen minutes of it. It's real good. It looks like it's real good. It reminds me a lot of uh, Limbo, which I love. Same studio. There you go. Same designer. There, there you again go. Jeppy Jeppy Carlson, who uh, is, uh, is, he is a, a cool dude. No, I think he's a Nord. Jeppy. J- it's not short for Geppetto. J e p p e. He was definitely the lead designer on Limbo, and I'm pretty sure he designed the puzzles on Inside. Uh, but I know him because he was at Fantastic Arcade last year uh, with a this very, uh, very, very difficult twin stick shooter that he had made called Thoth, which is Thoth. very, very good. But you're not going to be able to play it on your stupid 
fake iPad because oh. it really needs a controller. Oh, I just use Xbox controllers on this. You can plug an Xbox, Xbox controller into it and play some Thoth. Thoth! And say, thanks, Jeppy. And thanks, I'm sorry, Jeffy. I'm sorry, because I know Italian, your name is probably... Your Italian background hath cost you to cook me some very tasty Thoth. It's my imitation of someone who suffers from a sort of a, a speech impediment. Sure. It's manifested as a lisp. Right. Yeah. Moving along from that insensitivity to the next, I also bought Prey, which you told me is good. Mm-hmm. I haven't installed it because my fake iPad won't won't run it with a sufficiently badass frame rate. To yeah, and you really need to happen. you really need to dig in. You need to just like uh, lock yourself in a room. I need my thousand DPI gaming mouse and my thirty inch monitor and my. You need to um. You know those Nvidia bundles of twenty nine. 48 Z. You, you know those bundles of sage that you can buy at like a hippie store to just like cloud a room with sage smoke? Oh, it's to, for some reason, even though you're putting hot ash in the room, it's to cleanse the room and the space. But yeah, you need to run it around the edges of the windows to make sure that no uh, spirits or spiders can get in. You, you joke, but many of my friends from home, which is Berkeley, California, do little sage rituals oh, no, in a new space. I also do that. To not and fuck around. I, I, like, I don't believe in anything, but mm-hmm. I do that because it's fun. Because it smells say, nice. Yeah, it's, you know, you get to you get to wave around a burning bundle of, a burning bundle of burbs. All right, so, yes, I know about sage. So you do that, except weed instead of sage. <laughs> like, just burn, like, you just get, like, a huge mound of weed. You know, like, imagine, imagine that you are... Uh, an investment banker in New York in 1988, but instead of a giant mountain of cocaine, just get a giant mountain of weed, yeah. light it like an incense cone, uh-huh. fill your entire apartment with weed, yeah. play through prey. You're saying get high before I play. No, I'm saying stay incredibly high the entire time you're playing. Don't allow yourself any contact with that game without being BAF, as they say. Which is an upgrade from BAE, but means baked as fuck. <laughs> so it's a level up for me. You've BAE. leveled up. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You don't actually have to do that. <clears throat> no, I think I can manage. It's just a funny image. You know, what if you what if you turned on your volcano vaporizer but you didn't put a bag on it? <laughs> and then you just you rigged up like a Factorio conveyor belt system to just keep pouring dank nugs into the volcano. And just oh, fill shit. your entire apartment with invisible weed vapor. <clears throat> just breathe it like you're a fucking guild navigator from Dune. <laughs> you just become weed. You, you, what if your, we... your, your legs atrophy into flippers. What if we... So, sorry, there was some thalidomide in the weed that I sold you last week. Uh, careful. Careful with it. I mean, smoke all you want, just don't be pregnant during... Um... What if we develop a ripoff of Factorio, um, except all of your machines are designed toward keeping this, like, one endpoint, which is a, which is you, as high as possible so that the little avatar of you can play this other video game and not be not high at any point when he's playing. That seems good. It's good, right? You've got your character creation screen at the beginning where you make sure your avatar looks just like you smoking pot. It has to not look like you, but to look like you smoking pot. And then you just, everything is to get different kinds of pot, like, processed and refined and into you. Officially. 
I mean, that's what Factorio is about, right? I certainly smoke pot while I'm playing it. Anyway, I've played Inside. I haven't played Prey yet. What else is in here? You gotta stick with Inside. You gotta finish it. There's a big oh, turn. Oh, I will. There's a big turn. It's real, real good. To be shamefully honest, I had to crank down the resolution a bit to play it on this Surface Pro, and that was annoying, so I didn't, that's why I haven't gone very far. That one was coming out again when I get home. It's only a couple hours long. Ooh, and I bought Little Nightmares and played the first 15 minutes of that. I don't know what that is. Ooh, it's similar sort of 2.5D um, little endless rightward journey by a tiny vulnerable character um, through a lot of darkness. Did you say N-words journey? What? No. Okay, good. Rewind the tape! What did I... I don't think I said anything that sounded like that. Um, a little, a little vulnerable character. Tiny little fellow. What, is he a child? I, maybe. Or like a child's doll that's come to life. Okay. Something like that. In, inside you are a child. What right? is a doll you're I would be afraid of? Yeah, you're a child. Uh, things can burn him or dampen him or throw him off of a ledge. What's going to happen as a doll if you get thrown off a ledge? Bugs are menacing him. I guess you would get lost. Like, that's the worst fate a doll could suffer. You get lost. As we saw in the movie Toys. Dory. <laughs> in the movie Toys? Where, Dory. where Robin Williams takes over his father's business and has to <laughs> struggle with the, the, the idea of disappointing his... I haven't watched that movie since I was a pretty small child, but... It's got all the Cusacks in it. You're kidding. I mean, it's got Joan. It's got Joan Cusack in it. I don't actually know if it even has John Cusack in it. Maybe it only... Sorry, it's got all the important Cusacks in it. (laughs) Wow. Low blow to John. He's fine. His importance has has ebbed, right, over the years? Yeah, did he get less good-looking over time, or what? I mean, only in the way that we all do. I think he's still... Very good looking. <clears throat> some guys, some guys are. make it. Some guys don't. Like right, right, because you get your like Christian Slater who hasn't been. He in, doesn't look good anymore. Hasn't been in anything in forever. Oh, you mean some guys make it into like, you get your being a you get your Johnny yeah like some, some people some people like you know you either live to be the Humphrey Bogart or you die a villain. Yeah. I I don't remember what did Humphrey Bogart have a career when he was younger or did he get famous when he was like in his forties? Maybe he got famous older. And his he was coupled up with a nineteen year old as his like love interest in all his movies and in real life, and nobody said boo. I guess still people don't say boo if a rich, powerful well, I mean the ghost. Something I bet the ghost. I bet the ghost of his ex wife said boo. Oh my god, that's a good joke. Have more whiskey. I like that we have a good stereo field on the whiskey getting poured. There it is. Thank you. Just this morning, I was regretting how much of this I drank before bed last night. Yep. Yeah. Adulthood. I'm definitely not getting the uh, A-list movie roles I used to get in my sexy 20s. Well, but we got experience now. Comedy. I played the sexy brutal recently. Did we talk about that on your show already? I don't know. I think you only talked about Factorio. But maybe I, we did. I don't remember. I, I might have played it after I was on your show. It's I like, good. I like it. You played it? Yes. Okay. Talked about it a little bit on a previous episode. 
the design is just beautiful. The interface is a little more, but um, it looks so good. And like, sort of emotionally, it's satisfying. Like, it doesn't try to do too much and get all pretentious. It doesn't do. It doesn't have like a social justice message. I like those in video games, but no, it certainly doesn't. It's just all about mistakes, regret, redemption, self-forgiveness. This is the classic video game themes. If if a video game is going to be. You know, uh, yeah, about something cheap. other about something other than shooting a thousand dudes. Yes, I am excited to get back to Civilization, where my desktop computing machine is, so that I can play the new Wolfenstein game. I know it's so challenging to be on vacation about it. where you can't punch Nazis at like 4K 60 FPS. I know you just have to try to find Nazis to punch in real life. Yeah, and there just aren't any. Not here, as far as I can tell. But then again, I'm not super convinced that a lot of humans live here. There were two or three at the restaurant we had dinner at tonight who are probably townspeople, literally have not seen any of them. There was one person smoking in front of the casino. The other people who were eating at the restaurant probably yeah, passed Yeah, no, I'm through. convinced that this town is a Potemkin town erected by the nine, the Council of Nine cultists of Al-Raki yeah. who are only here, like, Fuck, there's, one, right. there's one very tempting Airbnb to lure people yeah. in, to and the lure reason victims, and every... all of the reviews, all of the reviews of this Airbnb are just, like, thousands of care, thousands of blank spaces. <laughs> it's, it's super weird. Yeah. That is weird. And all of those, like, take a picture of your stay. It's just, like, motion blur. It's all of them. It's weird. It's weird. I'm sure we'll figure it out right after the third stroke of the night. I um I played a game. Uh, shit, I was just I just got the name of the developer to show up on the screen by running it, but then I forgot it already. Uh, a game by Leighton Hawks called Campfire Cooking, and uh, <clears throat> so this is a thing that happens very rarely, and when it does happen, it is fucking amazing. Uh-huh. I'll be talking to somebody. At a bar, at a party, after a PAX or some other video game event, and they will say, "Oh yeah, I just released a game on iOS," and I will immediately buy that. Like anytime somebody says that they released a game on iOS, I will just buy it on my phone right there in front of them because I want people to be able to sell video games on iOS, and I want to be supportive of the people in my industry, and I want to just demonstrate, like, "All right, I'm there for you. I'm going to buy this game," and I bought this game. Wait, Zach, I have to interrupt you, because I just released a game on iOS. It's an ARG where you log into your PayPal and transfer, like, $4,200 to me. Okay. I'll buy, I'll buy it after the show. Love it! Okay. I don't want to... I'm afraid the GSM okay. interference will show up on the recording and, and uh, mess right. up. I'm sorry. I'm using an iPhone 3, uh, so yeah. it's going to be it's gonna be rough. So right. We'll play later. I, I bought Campfire Cooking after meeting the, the very, very charming and very friendly Leighton Hawks at this... It was it was a good but I don't want to say that it was a bad party because I really appreciate being invited to this party and it was a very swanky party no. but it was one of those game industry parties where you get like 200 nerds in a bar and then you turn the music up way too loud and none of the nerds have fun because uh-huh. all nerds want to do is talk to each other one at a time in quiet spaces. That's a funny phenomenon and I think that the reason it happens is because 
people are hiring party folks to throw their party for them, right? No, this was not this was not that specifically. I think this was just a like a a, a game company that's done okay and wanted to do a nice thing, like a swanky nice. But didn't they hire thing. someone to like I don't think they arrange it with the bar and run the door yeah, and print understand. up invitations, all this stuff, you know. Anyway, I bought this game from this guy yeah. to be polite. And the game turned out to be fucking great. It's called yeah. Campfire Cooking for okay. iOS. And it do? is you roast marshmallows. It's a it's a puzzle game. It's a grid-based puzzle game where you are presented with a certain number of like in its most basic form, you have a stick with a marshmallow on it and a grid of squares that you can roll and push and slide the marshmallow around on. And your goal is to roast each side of each marshmallow by rolling it into a fire. Okay. Like a square that's on fire. It's Obviously inspired by the puzzle game Steven Sausage Roll, but Steven Sausage Roll A was looked like a trash fire and was a brilliantly designed puzzle game that cost thirty dollars on Steam, so like a hundred people bought it. Even though even though it is an incredible game and is brilliantly designed and is the is the product of just like an an incredible amount of work by an amazing mind. It is a thing that not a lot of people know about. So here's the 2.99 nice looking version. Campfire cooking is like the, with marshmallows. Is like the sausage. easy version of that. It looks really nice. It's about roasting marshmallows on on a fire uh, on a campfire. It is it is so good. And it is you know, it makes me sad that it probably won't do very well because it's an iOS game that costs three dollars, and everybody's going to say that's too much money. I could get, I could get a, a ringtone of Alanis Morissette singing my humps for that much money. I would pay so much for a ringtone of Alanis Morissette singing my humps. Have you not heard that version? Oh come on, there's one that exists. You, wow. You're improvising that. No, no, no. That's that was a Does that was like a good classic. Job? Oh yeah, God, it's great. Yeah, we're listening to that a thousand times. It's going to be like 2011 again up in here. Up in this car. So really, like, probably like 2009? When did when did the Alanis Morissette My Humps break? I didn't know it existed until now, so I'm the wrong one to ask. Okay. Anyway, uh, Campfire Cooking by Leighton Hawks. Uh, Sausage Roll is still $29.99. How much is Campfire? It's like two or three bucks. Yeah. Um, you should buy Steven Sausage Roll because it's, it's brilliant. But it exactly. is... Uh, so the, hard? the oh, oh I see it. So it's the same. You're like a little dude pushing. It is. Around. It is incredibly hard. This is this one. I would have guessed was kind of uh, Katamari inspired. No, no. Not at all. Uh, Katamari wants you to have a good time. This wants you. <laughs> this wants you to be way smarter than you are. Suffer. This this wants you to grow as a person by playing a video game that is so difficult that you think you will never <clears throat> achieve anything in it and then eventually you achieve something in it. Speaking of growing, what if we make a version of Harvest Moon, but uh, it's weed. You're going weed. Uh, I think you're talking about Wiz Khalifa's weed farm, and it already oh, yeah. exists. But is that just like a casual game? It's like a clicker. Like a clicker thing. Yeah. No, I mean you're like fully walking around your farm Designing, like, the farm layout for maximum optimization, and you're trying to get married to some stoner chick from the town. Right. So you, you, you're going around to different high times photo shoots yeah. where some woman in a bikini is lying on a huge pile of weed. You're part of the community. Like, all the other people in Humboldt, they're, they probably grow weed, too, or whatever, but your farm 
I never played Harvest Moon. I did play the living dick out of fucking Stardew Valley. Silicon Valley? Yeah. I played the Where you play parts out of that Kumail Nanjani. Yeah. Uh, he's trying to get married. He's trying to explain how cricket works Shut in a one-man comedy show. His, his girlfriend goes into a coma. If he doesn't He knows. He ducks, knows it's serious. He's going to get low-quality duck eggs. And that's going to make garbage duck mayonnaise. And everyone will suffer. But if he plays it just perfectly, then his farm will prosper. And he'll be happy. What I'm saying is it's that, except instead of growing microchips like you do in Silicon Valley, the popular indie game, you're growing pot. Um, and maybe like opium or whatever. So you kind of need a variety of crops. But you're growing a bunch of different types of pot and maybe some opium. What if it was Harvest Moon, but it takes place in a culture where there's arranged marriage, so you don't get to make any choices about which townswoman you want to be your wife? Yeah, or a townsfellow. And I, I would say that's great. It would take a lot of pressure off of the um, side. Yeah, I mean, it would be kind of like skipping that part of Harvest Moon, which I would love. <laughs> I, like, I would love it if all video games had no romance in them at all. Here's why I liked that part of the game. Because Donald Trump had gotten elected, and the only thing that made me not want to grind my teeth into stubs from my first waking moment till my last each day... Was pretending to fuck a 16-bit anime lady. No, it, there is some kind of fucking mechanic in there, I think, because otherwise you can't impregnate each other. But... <laughs> is that how we to impregnate each other? I think so. she, she gives birth to a normal human child. It's not at you, all clear you, you give pregnant. You give birth to an Auraki It larva. might have been either of you. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I used that game as my, like, peace and meditation to get through that, that period in American history. Can you be a lady in Stardew Valley? Sure. I think. Maybe not. I have no idea. I was whatever it was when it started and I didn't change it. So, maybe you can't. I don't know. But you can certainly date whoever you want um, out of all the townspeople. And... This was my meditation, was playing Stardew Valley, and once I had done all the things and gotten all the little achievements and in-game bonuses and stuff that you can get from farming, I still wanted to play, so then there was, like, still another excuse to fire it up and keep, like, optimizing my little farm world, and that was, like, you know, pop pushing up the relationship bars with all the townspeople and finding out what they want for their birthday and walking around giving it to them, etc., so dumb, and it's so unlike the kinds of games that I have enjoyed traditionally. But it was exactly what I needed in the late parts of 2016 and early parts of 2017. Yeah, you, know you should sweet, sweet liquor. You know what you should try for a uh, for a lightweight uh, a lightweight romance game yeah. is uh, this week's assignment: Doki Doki Literature Club. Tell uh, me about it. <clears throat> well. If I tell you about it, it will ruin it. Uh, but it was the assignment. I'm sure everybody else talked about it. It is basically an anime dating sim thing where you are a high school boy. I think you have it's to be a boy. free on Steam. Yeah. I think you have to be a boy. And you join a literature club and you write poems for these girls. But then it rapidly takes a... No, it doesn't rapidly take a horrific turn. Uh, it takes fucking... Hours and hours of anime garbage to finally reveal itself to be an interesting work. All right. 
and then even after the point where it reveals itself to be an interesting work, there's more hours and hours of visual novel anime garbage. Yeah. Uh, I liked, I liked this game, but I wanted it to be a tenth as much reading dumb anime bullshit. Can you take the visual cues and make your decisions based on that, or do you have to read all the bullshit? Um, I mean, you can read it fast, but you're gonna miss most of you're gonna miss most of what's going on if you don't read it. Uh, but like, this basically, is my problem with all anime stuff is the writing is always fucking appalling. It's it's basically a game that reveals itself to be the characters in it are are to some extent aware that they're in a game, and you can start changing the way the game works by altering the files in the directory of the game. And so, uh, so it's one of those games where you're hacking as you go. It's real cool. Um, Wait, do you literally change the files in your directory, or is yes. that just part of the game? Yes. Oh, and that's what you're supposed to. Uh, yeah, th- there are endings that you can only get by, like, reinstalling the game and deleting some files and running it so that it knows what you've done. Oh, that's and there, cool. seem to be, there seem to be a bunch of, like, crazy ARG things hidden in it, or at least, like, things that respond to various things. There's, there's like, a point where it looks like there's a bug in the game, and it creates... Uh, it creates a like error dump file that I think if you looked in that and went in and actually fixed the errors in one of the Python scripts, it would huh. actually change the way the game played. So like because you, you have to know how to debug a Python script. You, so I think what what happens what happens in the game is that one of the characters figures out that she's in a video game and starts messing with the scripts, mm. but she like just makes some typos. In one of the scripts, and it causes something ah, to so it's something like that because like she starts could, uh, like basically the effect. woman the woman who the the woman who is the like sentient character in the in the cute high school anime literature club starts programming character flaws into the other women so that you will choose <laughs> her to Uh-oh. date. I see that there's a lot of liberal use of uh, MS Comic Sans in this game. Is there? I just saw some zip by in the Steam store page for it. There's a note. There's a here we go. Look, there's a somebody's little fucking. That's not comic sense. Looks like it to me. Anyway, uh, the people who were talking about this uh, as as our assignment in the video game stuff, I was like, I think probably expected me to hate it. Which I did not. Huh. Uh, I do wish it had been over way faster. Ten percent is long. Yeah, because yeah. it was just a lot of. I don't think it needed to have quite as much. Ju- like, it's not like it's a parody of bullshit anime high school romance it just visual is novels. It just is that. Yeah. Uh-huh. But then it has a cool twist yeah. that makes it interesting to somebody who's not into that. It's a really cool twist. It just it makes you suffer through a lot of that. What was that other in game order to get to the twist? You told me to install that was free. Had like a really long name with diamond in it somewhere near the end. Oh, uh, the tiger, Professor Langaskov, and the tiger and the terribly cursed emerald. I don't actually remember. Professor Layton and the Eternal Diva. Nope. Professor. No, Doctor Doctor Langaskov, the tiger and the terribly cursed emerald. Doctor. Langaskov, the tiger and the terribly cursed emerald. Yep. There we go. Play. All right. So, we've done it. We've recorded a segment of Video Games Hot Dog that I will now hope 
survived its transition to this janky SD card. Real shoddy SD and card. And can make it back to Kevin in time to edit into the episode. Let's find out that's a world away. Damien, thank you so much for thank recording this segment with me. As and always, for thanks going, for having me. And for going on this cool trip with me. No, we're, thank you for coming on the cool no, trip we're with having, me. We're having such a good fucking time. We really are. I didn't know great. if we were actually friends until, uh, until we... You're kidding. Suddenly our trap... Well, I didn't know if I liked you that much uh, until, that, until I, I had to travel so. with you. Like, because you never know until you travel with somebody whether you, like, fundamentally get along or not. Um, right? Because we, <clears throat> we were definitely friends. We've been, like, good friends for We've been good friends for many years, but we've never been, we, like, we had not slept in the same room until pretty recently. Yeah. We had not spent a significant okay. amount of time with just the two of us. And I'll tell you what, buddy, it's been a fucking delight. Hey, cheers to that. Where's my booze? Cheers! And cheers to you, the listener. Till next time.